This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. It's an auditorium, guys. There's odd things in there, and it's a torium. So that's where they got the name. It's the auditorium. Do you believe it? I don't know. That's sort of what you do there. You look at things that are amazing and go, hmm, I guess I believe that. Or do I? Guess what? If you want to go but you don't want to pay two full-price tickets, this podcast is here to help because you can take part in the buy one, get one after 5.30 p.m. entry just by mentioning this very podcast. That's right. Two people after 5.30 p.m. can get into the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California for the low, low price of only $20. I mean, that's less than two movie tickets. And at the movies, you're, you're, you're just forced to try to believe those things. You know, they don't want you to not believe it. It's the opposite of what they want in the movie. Anyway, go to Ripley's. Tell them we sent you. Buy one, get one. After 5.30 p.m., $20. Two people. A lifetime of memories. I made that part up. You might forget it, but it could be a lifetime of memories. No refunds. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. My name is Matt. My name is Andy. We are uh, into season four of Star Trek The Next Generation. Sure are. It's the fourth of seven seasons. What? There are seven of these? We're almost at the halfway point. I gotta say, I'm getting more excited all the time. That that best of both worlds really invigorated me. Yeah, I'm getting more excited too, because we're almost to the halfway point, which means we're almost... uh, Halfway done. Yeah. Which means that we can stop. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're looking forward to? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I figured minimally we would do Deep Space Nine before we killed each other. Oh, no, no. I don't know that we'd even get to Worf arriving on Deep Space Nine. That's fourth season. Wow. That's, I feel like that's 11 are... seasons of Trek by the time we get to Worf back there. What? What do you mean? Isn't that seven? Seven and four. Seven and four. He doesn't arrive till the fourth season, Worf. We got four seasons away from the end of TNG, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then another four before Worf comes I'm in. I'm talking 11 total seasons before Worf arrives at Deep Space Nine. Okay. I'm counting one, two, and three right. of TNG. That rhymed. Oh, you're going back to the ones we already did? Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, counting it as, just as a whole, sense. you know? What, are you in some kind of time rift? Well, you know, if you wanted, I could like throw in the animated series and the original series, and then it would be back to 11. That would infuriate people if we stopped. We did the animated series in between before we got oh, to DS9. <laughs> we'd hear about it so hard. I'm looking forward to DS9. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good one. That's a lot of people's favorite. I know. Series. I know. That's a crazy thing. 
And I know well, how much sense. I think people, people who... love the uh, the sort of last. When does when does it start getting serialized? What season? Of 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 what? Of DS Nine. When does it start getting serialized? Uh, when does it turn into the thing that everyone tells me? You know, you should watch the end of DS9. You especially. Oh, the Dominion War. I mean, that pro- I, think, I think that I feel like that season, it, you know, it's seeded throughout. So I would say let's go ahead and have me not say something wrong so we don't get emails back Sounds about reasonable. how wrong I was. Because a lot of the stuff's off the top of my head. And sometimes my head works a little differently than everybody out there. Guys. But no one understands that. You got to buckle up because the. Uh... <laughs> right, that's my. You can't say my thing. I know. I took your thing. Secunda. Hey. <laughs> it sounds like that. That second is much more in pain than mine is. Mine is usually one of victory. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say because uh, got a lot of. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll get to the hills. So I'll, I'll talk about it then. Whatever the case, Matt, would you have them watch this episode of the Next Generation Family? Yeah, I mean, it's a sort of, um, I, I think my answer is going to be yes from here on out. Do, always? No, that's actually crazy. Silly. I wouldn't do that to you guys. No one wants to watch a fistful of data again. Um, so, yeah, watch this one, especially if you were into Best of Both Worlds 1 and Deuce, um, because this is sort of your, this is really the first instance of them picking up a story in a not necessarily continued what am I trying to say here? I'm not sure. Like, it's not Best of Both Worlds Part 3, but it is the conclusion of that story, sort of. Right. Not conclusion, but, like, it's an appendix to the story. Yeah, I saw a lot of people... Prologue, epilogue, epilogue. I, th- I feel like uh, there was some sentiment expressed on my uh, light perusal of the face group where people were saying they feel like it's a trilogy. Yeah. I, 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 I buy that, too, in the sense that, like, you know... You look at Star Trek 2, 3, and 4. That's a trilogy, too. 2, 3, and 4. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's all about Spock. <laughs> well, it's the Wrath of Khan, and sure. they, don't, they, don't, they don't make it. They go home. Mm-hmm. Then they go look for Spock. Yeah. Then they go back in time to San right. Francisco. Yeah. Then they are rewarded a new ship. Yeah. It's interesting. Do you think that was a problem? Do you think they should have left it kind of open-ended so it led them into five and that was the problem with five? No. The problem with five was they let Shatner do it. (laughs) That's that's the only problem with five. (laughs) I mean, look, I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of opinions about five, but uh, my opinion is it's it's got some fun moments in it, certainly, but... Do you have any idea if Shatner is on record as admitting that it was bad? I don't. I have never really looked into that. I'm sure people out there have, and they know the answer, and we'll get an email about it. Love to know. In the meantime, uh, guys, why don't we uh, just step into this well-known club (laughs) wherein the admirals are. There we go. Matt. Yeah. How do they get into... Well, it's in the song, Andy, but for those who don't process lyrics, <laughs> all you have to do is leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and you could be entered into the Admirals Club. Here are a few Admirals this week. Uh, from Tish Wheeler. The title of her 
review is one zero one zero zero one 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 zero one zero one zero one. A binary action for an episode that I gave a very high score to. And her comment is one zero zero one zero zero one zero zero one one. Wow! See that everybody? It does not take a ton of effort to be allowed in here. Um, it actually goes on much longer than that. Oh, do you want me to read you the whole thing? No, 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 not. not the, not the. That's all it says. It's all zeros. It's all binary code. Oh, thank you for editing that. Here's another one. Secunda, I'm an admiral. I'm a president. I'm a lieutenant from Jason Randall, 27. I don't know how any of this works. I do know that I overheard Jordy mentioning a problem with the power fluctuations causing issues with the warp nacelles. Something about a drain because uh, of a few doors closing 7,000 times in just under three hours every week. I mean, what are you going to do? There's a lot of people on the ship. That can't all be us. Oh, that was me. Sorry. And random site-to-site teleports. Uh, teleports? Stop it. Stop with the teleports, people. It's transporting. Transport. <laughs> um, I stopped listening when I saw the cannolis in the president's circle, but was interrupted by two guys walking around and talking about MVCs or something. Wait a minute. There's a cookie puss? Thanks, Matt and Andy. Mm-hmm. Also, does it really matter our rank since there's no money or pay raises? Best podcast ever. Oh. Sorry, Jason Randall. That is not attributable to you. That's the next one. <laughs> Jason Randall did not say this was the best podcast ever. Grand Admiral TJ said this was the best podcast ever. Thank you, Grand Admiral TJ. And he also added, these dicks won't let me in the president's circle. Well, that's really on you. You're, you, you. You have all the tools you need. It's true. If you want to join the president's circle, just skip on over to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Star Trek TNC. And uh, join either... The uh, our our lieutenants on board, or uh, or scoot into the president circle, get some bonus content for you. It's really just a better spread in there, guys, and a better spread. You're missing out. And with that, Matt, do you want to jump into the president circle? Uh, do I ever? I just forgot the number of different things I need to do for that to happen. Here we go. Somehow there was, well, look at this, it's really getting more and more crowded. I it's mean, not, It's a fire hazard, I'm going to say it. <laughs> well, I mean, we have the fire suppression systems intact. It's going to be fine. Did you ever see that go off? Yeah. Mm, great. Well, I remember when the uh, those uh, dirty Irish people tried to start a fire in the cargo bay? <laughs> that is true. Dirty Irish. Um, we love the Irish. We love Ireland. Um, just to be clear, <laughs> it is that is true. I think I'm already walking a thin line with my O'Brien impression, so just just gotta make sure it's all clear. Um, one more PayPal thing. These things are the bane of my existence. Oh my God, this Jeremy Sternhagen. Hag- Jeremy Sternhagen sent us twenty five dollars in June. <laughs> Um, and uh, he says, here are some space bucks for my favorite podcast. Have some coffee. Hopefully this bribe is sufficient to consider being a guest on our Jaws podcast, Matt. The Real Jaws Minute. He has extended the invitation to both of us. You can do it from home if you're interested. I think I'm going to do it. Uh, keep up the good work and keep pushing wrong buttons. Look, I'm happy to talk about Jaws. They do a, a minute at a time, as do many of the podcasts. I hope, uh, I hope I get the minute with Frank Silva, Harbor Master. There you go. If you want to give a special, uh, that's probably long gone by then. I mean, that, that's probably happens 
if I had to guess, that happens probably 20 minutes into the show. How many episodes are they in? We don't, don't know. know. Well, he did. He said go. that they had some juicy Quint material coming up. So oh, that's I don't know. Could I be love a juicy Quint. Um, My favorite gum. Here's another one that is from uh, the uh, the Patreon President Circle proper from Joe Fermanek. Just realized to maintain accuracy with the show, every single one of these messages and hails is on its own individual pad, the two Ds, mm-hmm. brought to Andy and Matt. Yeah, the hallway outside the Admirals Club is brimming with piles of tablets from previous episodes. It's so true. We should just have access to all of them on one pad, but that's not the way it works here in Star Trek land. It really isn't. Here's another one. Oh, come now, Mr. Internet. <laughs> Mr. Internet's being cranky. Oh, boy. Oh. Um, did I, well, I, here's, here's one. Okay. P.S. Another great... I'll, I'll, How are you having another one that has a P.S.? That's right. You're Where's starting with a PS. All right, just crazy. Just Andy. relax. That's not how things work. There's a lot of Is stuff the pad going on over Do there. We need to run it down to ops. <laughs> I, I, all, I, I feel like I have permanently have those weird nanobots that Wesley invented in all of my equipment, and that's the problem. Well, try to get them in your blood. Um, Is that what they were supposed to do? Dak Pate says, "I have only one thing to say: mm-hmm. the higher, the fewer." Because Matt will definitely know what that refers to, and I'd like to see Andy try to understand it. Sounds like it's an alien language being translated by the by the Universal Translator in a circumstance where they're uh, trying to connect with another uh, with a, with a race of aliens. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and they live in the clouds. Uh. So like a cloud city situation. And there's only there's only so many that survive in the cloud city situation, uh, because the higher the fewer. Oh God, that that all just flooded back to me. The real what that actually is from, and you are so wrong. And when you do see the episode with the higher the fewer, you're going to probably want to quit watching Star Trek forever. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm actually kind of excited that there are more terrible episodes ahead. <laughs> oh, there's plenty. Season 7 has a ton. I, I think Matt and I realize that we're at our best when the episodes are amazing or they're terrible. Uh, yeah. Middling episodes are hard to we're sort of talk like, about yeah, that's, because that's they all Star tried. Trek. Everyone tried. Yeah, sure. I'm, we are so loud. Uh, and I'm going to turn that down, too. bothering you this week. And well, it's, it's not, not bothering it's me. The, it's the peaking. I hear us distorting. Um, it's not that it's loud in our ears. I just don't want us to distort. I got gotcha. you. Whatever the case, I'm I'm done with my. Um, oh, what you finished? You're fit, out of the president circle. Out of the president circle. So that was those. The, well, we have to go back at the end. Well, yeah, I know. But, but who in there? Those essentially, you just. I read three gave people. Yes, they're, they're Christopher Pike, Medal of Valor. Correct. Without telling them. Well, you I just sort of ran through it. To be honest with you, you just hand them a medal and walk away. <laughs> I don't understand. It's like a big gotta... deal. It's practically like the end of Star Wars. We're putting medals around everyone's neck in here. They got a sub over there, and it just seems like it's got some more to dell on it and a lot of nice things. And really, I, I was a little distracted. I, so, I, so funnily, seems like knew you were talking about a sandwich. Is that burrata? It probably is, Andy. I would go over there and just see if you can just grab one of them. Let's take it out. I think it will. But we got to hide it when we walk <laughs> to the Admiral's Club. Oh, God. The door's broken. Jordy. 
Oh no, that's also broken. This door shouldn't exist in here. Here we go. Yeah, that was tough. That was a lot. There's Did a lot they have happening. Spare Admirals Club door in there. <laughs> it's they they brought it in for testing. Are they multiplying? Are the Admirals Club doors sentient? Uh, they're not sentient, but they are plentiful. We go through you know six, seven, eight doors per space dock visit. You know, here's my pitch for yeah. my spec script for TNG in uh, in nineteen ninety. Weird thing to waste your time with now, Andy. The show's not. <laughs> I really feel I'm really feeling hopeful. Oh boy. <laughs> Um, the doors uh-huh. are sentient. <laughs> and so they, it's and the, the doors. It's the band of the doors. The so doors. Jim Morrison shows up. Uh, that's n- <laughs> time traveling. Jim Morrison. No, you're ruining my idea. No. Oh. Although that actually is a good way for he, for them to. That's maybe that's the resolution. Maybe the doors on the ship break on through is the name of the episode. Wesley's doing. Wesley's doing some kind of some kind of experiments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Rascal that he is. Yep, yep. So he's the, still as even though he's like full ensign now, he's back to experiments. He realizes that the the doors run on artificial intelligence. Okay, and uh, and they and then they fly wildly out of control and just try to take over the ship. And the only way that they can stop them is by creating a hol- holographic projection of uh, <laughs> of Jim Morrison, and, who's the only person they respect. <laughs> Weird that those those doors would know to only respect the doors <laughs> that's andy secunda's 1991 tng spec script <laughs> there you go um we're still in the admiral's club as far as i know we are we haven't left the admiral's club so, yet but we usually don't we go into the face group before we leave the admiral's club <laughs> we're making that up we've never done that isn't it's that always, true no it's always part of the house <laughs> Oh, There's nothing God. that delights I me always, more than no, when no, you know no, no, no. less about this podcast than I, I do. Always, when I'm, I'm always, totally confused all the always, time. Always, always forget <laughs> that there are hails. Because, I, honest <laughs> to God... You can't imagine that there's no, no, no. part of this part of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, because I always think that these communications we're getting from people count as hails. Yeah, like, no. weird, like all these things you're reading, I'm like, oh, that's the hail bag. Uh, and, and, and great job, everybody. And then I, I think we're almost done but then uh, the show gets longer and I have completely f- I always forget about the hails and, yeah. and, and uh, partially that's on me but mostly it's on me I hesitate to bring this up to give you something else to edit um, no okay then I won't no what is it go ahead do uh, you cut something do out do you want to discuss your 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 uh, your thought about maybe separating the hails from the from the main podcast? oh I think I might have done it already and they're now finding this out. Oh wow, that's very that's very um, disconcerting and discombobulating to, to just suddenly find yourself on a you're separated from the saucer section, <laughs> or you're in the saucer section. I guess the hails would be the saucer section. Uh, and look, the main show guys, would be the battle bridge. If definitely. this if this has happened, it happened, and the plan will be going forward to release the hails as a separate podcast, but always to release the episode of the show. So, like for instance, when we start talking about family, finally. Uh, we will that'll that'll be its own feed and that will always come out on Sunday night the um, episode so nothing changes on that end uh, and if we ever can get a hail bag done before Sunday uh, then that would go up I would guess I, my idea in an ideal world I'd, I'd do it Friday Sunday that's how that release pattern works gotcha so Look, if it happened, it happened. If it didn't, you hear the idea, and you have a chance to not affect it, because I'm not 
going to change for anyone. I'm just on the crew with you guys. I do what I'm told. Because <laughs> I am not insubordinate. There we go. The word we could never find. And I'm sure people are going to tell us all about it a number of times. Anyway, I'm sliding around here. That's the Admirals Club. Oh, I think you accidentally stepped out. Do you want to step back in so you can walk through more doors? You know what? <laughs> let's give the doors a break. They are causing a power drain for Jordy. Wonderful. Then let's jump into the hails. Captain, we are being hailed. Um, so, so many, so many angry hails this week. Just uh, mo- most of them, I think, uh, in fairness... A lot of them were directed at both of us, and I think in fairness, when I really start to pull it apart, it's really just me that they were responding to. Um, in what sense? Well, there were two major issues, and I'll get to both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just some of them, some of them very interesting and filled with, uh, with uh, Star Trek uh, lore, which I'm going to try. Not, not evil we'll, lore. We'll get to him um, Is he in next week's? Yeah, brothers. Oh. <gasps> Lore's back? I'm really excited. Well, sorry I spoiled it for you, Andy, but you would find that out when we watch the trailer later. So I feel like i that's an okay spoiler. Fair enough. Um, but some of them so mean. Some of them very interesting and Some useful. of them so mean. Uh, I, I'm, I'm open to the meanness. I have no problem with it. Um, I mean, I have a problem well, with you it. Have I a little heard problem inside. Now, but when I you get defensive. Like, when you've, once you're 10 years into podcasting, yeah. all of the meanness builds up like the River of Slime <laughs> in Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. And uh, it does start to affect you. Um, here's, so, a, here's a hot take. I hope you can... start uh, Ghostbusters 2, the best Ghostbusters. No, I'm just kidding. There's no way. <laughs> That's the best Ghostbusters. <laughs> the hottest take ever. <laughs> it's it's not, a, not a good movie. It's the second best Ghostbusters. I didn't see the the, the uh, remake. Mm. I'd love to talk to you about it sometime. All right, maybe that'll be a bonus pod. Anyway, uh, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I hope it doesn't blow the mind of... Is it Brad Arrington that made us the... I'm so sorry if this isn't you. I think so. Made right? us the list? He did the MVCs for us. Yes. And I believe he generated that list, yeah. Well, this is going to melt your brain, but I'm um, doing Prime Corrective first, just because it feels right. Time for so uh most of the people thought that matt was part of this error what did i do it was about the admiral hansen issue and i don't believe i think matt explained his perspective to me and it matches up with what most of you were saying i think he just didn't say the specifics that were the main turning point in the argument, but I think that he was aware of them. And it's basically illuminated in this letter from Sean Sanders. Um, uh, I didn't pick the nicest one. I just picked the one that I thought was the clearest. (laughs) Um, And here it goes. Uh, Greetings. You guys spent so much time... I just had to pipe in and stand up. They don't even know I took about four minutes out of that. No shit! Yeah. That's crazy. They don't even know. Because I listened to it and I was like, wow, we're going on a long time about this. Yeah. And you did four minutes out. I did. I did. Oh, my God. We are such babbling idiots. That's amazing. I, I think a lot of it also is, guys, we 
We have the loops we get into in our own brains, and then Matt and I feed on each other's loops, so we will debate something back and forth like four times when we've already covered all of our points. So, yeah, what are yeah. you gonna do? I mean, it's 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 part of the no charm of this podcast, or charm if you like it. Anyway, uh, with the Admiral Hansen thing, we were going back and forth, and sort of I was I was really I don't even remember what the Admiral es- Hansen thing was. Essentially, what were you about? he sa- uh, he basically says. Uh, I'll just read this thing. And it'll okay. Good. You guys spent so much time on this, I had to pipe in and stand mm-hmm. up for old Admiral Mbop. Mbop? So how do you say that? It I is. don't What's know. The, it's the Hanson thing. Oh, Mbop. Yeah, Mbop. that's funny. <laughs> um, the Admiral's offended. I think you made a reference to him last night. Bop, bop, doop. Bop, doop. That's great. That's a, fucking, that's a great pop song. Uh, the Admiral is offended by... Do you want to bring that out in this letter? The Admiral's offended by what Shelby said, not because he is deluded... But rather, he is offended at Shelby's choice of wording in saying that Picard is assisting the Borg. The Admiral's basically saying, wait, 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 young lady, I don't want to hear the name Jean-Luc Picard ever being associated with assisting the enemy. He is quite cognizant of the situation, but would prefer them, in parentheses, Shelby, to adjust their language when referring to Picard versus Locutus. Jean-Luc Picard is dead, therefore not assisting anyone. Hansen is merely reminding Shelby of that sad fact. Don't call him Picard, whatever that thing is. It's not the Jean-Luc Picard that I know. Okay. And I think that's exactly Boy, the Sean. detail that I my Sean. brain was missing, Sean, exactly. I wish you were here, buddy. You could have saved us all a lot of time. It's true. Um, I wonder how long it was, even without the four minutes. Uh, it's. I think it's like, it's honestly, probably like seven minutes. Jesus Christ. We, got, we have real problems. We have huge problems. <laughs> It's ridiculous. But if you don't want us to be talking endlessly about it, then please stay. Um, So that was that. Uh, My apologies to everyone. I think that was absolutely in the show. I think that I missed the the emphasis on her saying assisting and that that's what he was reacting to. And, uh, And then everything else after that becomes clear that he's saying he's a casualty of war. So, um... Which is so, I, you know what, sort apologies. of what I said, but not nearly as succinctly as our hailer. Exactly. Uh, but yes, but that was on me. That was on, on not on Matt. Uh, now let's go into the hails proper. Uh, um, Anthony, this is... Oh, so here's... This is all about Shelby and insubordination. And um, let me start with... Uh, with Patrick Hickman, uh, I'm gonna, I'm jumping over to Face Group. We're we're just including everything together to try and keep it as concise as we can. Um, who said? Ins- the, of course, the word we forgot that we kept going back and forth and couldn't come up with driving people crazy. People shouting at their oh, you know, ear, we, ear pods. We, we can't hear they? you guys when you do yeah. that. So save yourself the energy. The word was insubordination. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patrick Hickman says, Insubordination, Andrew Secunda. Shelby was insubordinate on numerous occasions. FYI to, you, to our friends at Face Group, I'm generally not going to pull stuff out of Face Group. So if you want, to, if you want, if you want the thing right, you got to send it to me in the hails. Well, I, it depends. At SDTNC. We, at, we, might, we, might, we might find a chief petty officer who can help us out. We are thinking about that. Um... Um, Shelby was insubordinate on numerous occasions, I believe. Picard allowed it in an attempt to get Riker to deal with it as a command officer in an attempt to get him to accept his ability as a potential captain. I don't believe Picard would have allowed it to go too far. Chain of command exists for a reason. You can't have a junior officer undermining command just because he or she is ambitious. Secunda, you would have spent a lot of time peeling potatoes in the army. 
very true. I think it really is true, and I really can't deny it. And I gotta say, uh, you know what? I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, I would. I I got problems with authority, and and I think it grows out of uh, a lot of experiences with people in authority being incompetent or corrupt, and it really gets under my skin. And that's why I don't have the natural built-in respect just because of your position that honestly is kind of a necessity for the functionality of situations like the military. I love the military. I love the people in the service. I love all the stuff that goes along with it. The history, the the equipment. I love all of it. He loves the equipment. I really do. But um, Boy, oh boy. That shovel that turns into a spade that the, also is a pickaxe. You guys. The take great in the hill. Great equipment. <laughs> the, uh, what are the little, uh, little boxes of... Uh, of uh of like supplies and stuff they give them uh, like you're talking about like an MRE or like a like a meal like a <laughs> yeah, like meal. a freeze dried delicious food MRE yeah, MRE yeah yeah so uh, I I just love all that stuff but um and of course the battles we all know how much I love the battles uh, wouldn't want to be in one most likely um we also like space battles mostly I love space mostly battles. he likes space battles I love a space battle people got on you for your thing of like I love dog fights but, I like a uh, space dog fight. But you don't like Battlestar Galactica, which has some of the best space dogfights of all time. Look, maybe I wasn't aware of the space dogfights happening in Battlestar. I was thinking of maybe setting a thing on the counter that if we hit a certain amount on Patreon, then we will do Battlestar Galactica on the thing. But it's just a thought. Anyway. Um, so many thoughts. Uh, so I little a, execution. I read, it's so true. <laughs> anyway, I accept that Shelby was being insubordinate in a general sense. I think a lot of my questions were... Was she being insubordinate in a Starfleet put her in the brig sense? Anyway, here's some other uh, pertinent letters. Shelby follow-up from Brandon Davis. Guys, here's the deal with follow-up to Matt's dad's text and the subsequent discussion during part two. As noted in part one, Mm -hmm. why Data let her order him and O'Brien to send them down to the planet without Riker is the anomaly that puts these events in motion. Two senior officers simply don't leave a ship without notifying someone, and Chief O doesn't count. Riker should have chastised them both. Uh, Data is third in the chain of command. He knows better. Why he let Shelby order him to leave without them is the missing scene. That's actually great. I I think I brought that up. Did you? Yeah. I I thought I did. I don't know. I think it is a great point that Brandon brings up and a great point that you might have brought up. So pseudo kudos to you and kudos to Brandon. I think Data just probably assumed that no one would do that. Why would a human do that? (laughs) Yeah, why would you not tell Commander Riker? (laughs) Um, Two, it also would have been a funny scene if he's like, have you alerted Commander Riker? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, (laughs) I'm not capable of questioning that. So Uh, two, with Shelby going to Picard, we can infer... That because a lot of people said a lot of people said both of these things uh, that because uh, she works with an admiral she is comfortable going to a captain she is accustomed to dealing with high ranking officers also she is a liaison from Starfleet to the Enterprise finally I think that's also a good point finally Riker isn't necessarily in her chain of command it is in her prerogative uh, operationally to make her bring those plans to him and then he can present them to Picard but not sure he can command her to do so go Navy beat Army um, boo not, not a fan of that one well I like I'm an Army kid so oh I see you're, you're not a fan of the last uh, statement all this is bringing up also I really felt in a lot of the ways people were talking to me in these hails was like uh, the way that Riker talked to Shelby 
and and you know like uh, trying to dress her down. And you know what? You can't talk Secunda that way. Secunda's a a cowboy. Guys, you Secunda's had a self destruct countdown on him <laughs> since his birth, and we just need to let that play out. That's so there's no. There's no metaphor that I've ever heard about me that feels just internally more accurate than yeah. that one, Matt. Yeah. I should have the counter over my head and constantly running in the background, just Majel Barrett counting it down. There you go. Uh, here's another one. How would you say this name? He's one of our most dedicated uh, crew members. Frederick Rombouts. That's how I would say it, too. Well, and there you go. Know that you've the consensus, and I also say names wrong. So, Frederick, if we uh, fuck Frederick, that up, you've also you've also given me that pronunciation before, so I apologize. Anyway, he sent us a long and very depthful and very, very um, um, specific email. Um, and I, I just can't read it because Matt's brain's going to explode. So I'm going to try and... No, it's, I, I'm, I'm just like sort of listening. It's endless. Uh, <laughs> but it's really, it's really a lot of great detail. Maybe we'll do it on a bonus pod. Uh, il- uh, oh, military. Oh. Military protocols. Sure. I accidentally cut that. <laughs> well, no wonder you couldn't pronounce that word. It's not a word. <laughs> I was trying to pronounce his name. Shelby's and Military around without an M. Here's a Navy officer's take on Shelby's end run around Riker. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, one of many you'll receive. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Uh, this is long, but hopefully worth it. Rich in protocol that Matt should love. I do like protocol quite a bit. Um, stuff about the open door policy. Um, I, I just, I'm just going to cut to the end because he, he quotes Army command policy. I love it. Let's hear that. Uh, soldiers are responsible to ensure the, that the commander is made aware of the problems that affect discipline, morale, and mission effectiveness. And are, uh, and an open-door policy allows members to, of the command to present facts, concerns, and problems of a personal and professional nature or other issues that the soldier has been unable to resolve. The timing, conduct, and specific procedures of the open-door policy are determined by the commander. Mm-hmm. He or she is responsible for ensuring that soldiers are aware of the commander's open policy. Mm-hmm. So... Basically, I think a lot of his stuff it's is... It's like Picard's discretion. Right. And so that is why when she goes to Picard, Picard is not dressing her down. A lot of people, uh, I think, in, including uh, Mr. Hickman, has basically pointed out that the that they felt, and a lot of people sort of felt like, well, there's before, we don't see what happens before we came into that scene. He might have been saying, you shouldn't have come to me and stuff. I don't feel like that's anywhere in the tone of the scene. Um, uh, but uh, whatever the case, there's another part of it. Um, he writes that in the preceding paragraph, proper use of the chain of command is vital to the overall effectiveness of the army. Commanders must acquaint all their soldiers with the existence uh, and proper function. Effective communication between senior and subordinate soldiers with the cha- within the chain of command is crucial to the proper functioning of all units. Therefore, soldiers will use the chain of command when communicating issues and problems to their leaders and commanders, uh, which I think is totally valid. Um, here's another one um, chain of command from uh, Jeff uh, hey guys listening to the new and I thought this was a really good point and a couple people wrote about this Jeff was the first hey guys uh, listening to the new episode and the episode discussion of chain of command check out the episode with Mendon again you remember this mm. he breaks the chain of command and he's one of the face vape, face vape brothers yeah 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 uh, that's a good name for some show uh, he breaks He breaks the chain of command and Picard tells him uh, Enterprise employs a chain of command structure. I think Matt is right that she broke pro- protocol, at least on the Enterprise. Love the show and these discussions make me learn a bit more about the universe. 
So there's that. I love that our rambling, not really having any facts, causes some of our listeners to seek those facts out and then report them back to us. It's very nice. And uh, and all of it illuminating. And uh, I apologize for enraging so many people with my mutinous ways. Well, look, it enraged me also. Um, but you but, know what? But not enough to keep it in fully intact in the full four minutes. The only thing I'm just going to leave leave you guys with is with this thought. Okay, she was insubordinate. But you know what? We're basing most of our emotional reaction to this on the fact that we know that Riker is a decent, clear-thinking individual. Mm -hmm. And Shelby is this outsider coming in, this interloper. And so we're like, hey, who are you to come in and and go over the head of our our friend Riker? Well, she doesn't know that. She's coming in. She doesn't know if this guy makes good decisions. Well, think about if we were serving on on board the Enterprise. We'd feel the same way we did, I did last week. You know what I mean? Like, we've served with Riker. We know Riker to be a good commander. We do. I'm saying Shelby doesn't. I'm saying if we were on the crew. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like if I was in, on the crew, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, this Shelby's a little much, don't you think? Thank God she told us to modulate phasers, but come on. Well, I guess this is what I'm saying. I feel like Shelby, from her perspective, the universe is on the line. It's too important. It's not even just it's a regular not her situation. Perspective. I, I always, I, think I know her, everybody I find says it very selfish. I think that she is ambitious, and of course, my my opinion well, is there's ambition and there's and there's selfishness, and I, I think there's a little too much selfishness. And that's in there. where we part ways. I feel I part ways. I feel like that she's ambitious. But she also has really valid points that she's making, and she feels, and that is what's driving her. Um, I think more than the ambition. By the way, by the way, yes. Had she not brought that saucer sex separation thing up to the captain, yeah, he wouldn't have known about it, and they could have used it as an accurate defense against the board. Well, according to Riker, he brings all of her suggestions. Yeah, maybe not that one because it was so stupid. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, there's one last uh, hail, and then we'll get out of this. This has nothing to do with any of the other stuff. Uh, it's from Thomas uh, Gill. He says, LeVar slash LaForge. Oh, I never noticed that before. Uh, in Best of Both Worlds Part 2. Um, if you notice in Best of Both Worlds Part 2, you never actually see Jordy interacting directly with the other crew. It is always shot from behind. If he is in the scene, like in the observation lounge or engineering, this is because LeVar was not available when they shot the scene due to illness. He was added in post with some Unit B pickups later on when we see him from behind. It's uh, his stunt double, body double. This is also why they didn't change the camera do you remember when I was talking about, oh, they have that weird shot of Worf from the side? Mm-hmm. This is why they didn't change the camera to shoot Worf in the observation lounge, because LeVar isn't there, and then they inserted LeVar's exchange later. Um, also, if the episode was... I would say it was almost seamless, but we did notice. Yes. <laughs> if the episode is slightly... But you also noticed Worf is in the scene, and the later scene, and has no lines. I think it was this yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, slightly restructured to use O'Brien when Locutus is taken at Data's lab instead of Geordi to cover the fact that LeVar wasn't available. Oh, it is was a weird scene. I said that. I said that would normally be Geordi. Yeah. But I also enjoyed that because if we you were using everybody. Real, yeah. yeah, I liked it. O'Brien had some uh, nice n- nice turns of the cards Necessity, over time. Necessity, uh, you know, is the mother Colomini. of invention. Um, Thomas Gill, I know way too much about Star Trek, and he says, you may wish to watch some of SF debris reviews on of star trek they're fun and it's where i learned this do you know that no oh, there you go i may wish to um 
Matt. Yeah, Andy. You'll be happy to know. I don't believe you. That that is the end of the hill. Frequencies closed, sir. Thirty-seven minutes. It was best of both worlds, part two. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, they're routinely well over thirty minutes. Sometimes fifty. Well, that was pretty tight, given that. Yeah, given all the fire I was under from you people. Andy, if you can't take the heat, move to Alaska. I know this is the wrong time, Matt, but I feel like I've earned the position as your number one for all of my <laughs> insubordinate behavior. Oh, Andy, <laughs> I, I, I assumed we ranked the same. I don't think that's the that's the perspective of our crew. <laughs> um, I think it is, it is well it is very pretty firmly established that uh, I think you were thought of as a superior officer, which is reasonable to me. But that's why I don't want to be. You know what? Like Khan, I don't want to. I'd rather uh, rule in hell than serve in heaven. Yeah. I want to be Bor Secundus a Borg or 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 Q or one of those people. Q or one of those people. Andy, thanks so much for closing out the hail bag, as you uh, routinely do. It's, uh, I suppose, time to discuss family. That's right. Uh, fine, I don't care. All right, Andy, it's time to talk about family, which is uh, episode production number 178, aired the week of October 1st, 1990. Oh, my God. We included the face group portion. In the other portion. Okay, thank you. However, I didn't say where they can contact everybody. Well, tell them right now, Andy. You always do this to me. You always like act like you're going to stop tape, and then you don't stop tape. And then I look like a jackass. Wait, what do you mean? I did stop tape. But then now we're rolling, and I figured you would stop tape again, and we would begin again, so that we wouldn't have all this nonsense in it. People come for the nonsense. <laughs> I think they only come with. I feel like they come for seventy percent of the Here's nonsense, they do. <laughs> and they then we come, give them a bonus thirty percent that they do not want. They come for the Star Trek, <laughs> and they stay for the nonsense. <laughs> um, if Which, you by the like, way, might be our new slogan: "Come if, for the Star Trek, stay for the nonsense." If you would like to uh, send us a voice hail, uh, I apologize, uh, didn't have any room for him this week. Uh, please uh, call us or send out a. Uh, voice hail to <laughs> really gave up on that one 816 816 trek tnc 816 trek tnc um our instagram and our twitter is at star trek tnc the gentleman across from me is at matt myra my instagram is at andrew secunda my twitter is at secunda uh for direct hails send them to sttncpod at gmail.com and our Patreon for an additional 30 to 50% nonsense. Um, oh, that's 100% nonsense over there. That's 100% nonsense. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. That's it. Well done. Thank you. Now we're going to talk about Family, Andy, which aired the week of October 1st, 1990. <laughs> I'm just going to read a little note from uh, our good friend, Matthew Kirk, who uh, gives us our This Day in Trek history. He says, hey, guys, welcome to season four. Um, by the way, you're listening to Close to You from Maxi Priest, which was hot in the U.S. airwaves um, at that particular moment in time. Wow, that is 
I don't. I have. I'm gonna wait for that chorus before I can tell you if I've ever heard the song before because I don't know. I have virtually no memory of this thus far. Uh, anyway, um, Matthew says uh, I made a new dedicated email that I announced on the FacePod. And if you guys could mention it as well, I'd appreciate it. For anyone wishing to contribute any trivia tidbits to future episodes of This Day in Trek segment, please email me at thisdayintrek at gmail.com and include the following. Episode title, source, attached link webpage, date of occurrence, maybe within one week of original air date. Uh, this day of in track is typically typically prepared two to three episodes ahead of TNC schedule, so submit your trivia early. Uh, and I think that's great. If you got cool stuff, send it over to Matthew Kirk, the keeper of this day in track. Um, for the week of uh, October first, nineteen ninety. Here we go. Close to you by Maxi Priest. UK audiences, we're still listening to Show Me Heaven by Maria McKee. Message from Nam by Daniel Steele was a bestseller in Pacific Heights. Edged out Goodfellas to take the top box office spot. Uh, note from uh, Matthew Kirk. I have absolutely no no recollection of this film starring Melanie Griffith. I remember it. Matthew Modine and Michael Keaton. Um, do you remember it? No. Um, it was a thing like where I have Michael no memory Keaton, of Matthew Modine's entire career. Michael, well, you must remember I, Full no, Metal Jacket. All I know about Matthew Modine is big fan of the L.A. Sparks WNBA team. Full Metal Jacket, Stranger Things, in more recent times. I, I have not seen Stranger Things. Birdie, but I know Full Metal Jacket. Birdie, um, I do not know. Vision Quest, Young Matthew Modine. Nope. Um, married you, to the mob with real, Michelle Pfeiffer. You're a real Modine head. <laughs> I'm huh? a total mode head. <laughs> uh, I actually dressed as his character from what? one Halloween. I dressed as as a I don't I don't know if his character has a name. It must um, as uh, basically the uh, uh, the girl's uh, you know horrible scientist surrogate father in Stranger Things. Um, and uh, and then carried at the end of it, he's carrying her around, and so I, <laughs> I made up to I'll be carrying her around for the for the penultimate climax of that show. And um, my most not recognized <laughs> costume of all time on Halloween, Andy, you can't you can't win them all, you know. However, I put it on my Instagram, and Matthew Modine, uh, well, you can't say tweet it, whatever, message me. It was really nice. Well, that must have been a big deal for a modehead like you. We're giving him just at least 25% more nonsense today. Um, Tim Berners-Lee began work on what would eventually be known as the World Wide Web. That's interesting. The original homepage and historically the first website ever created can still be found at... Oh, gosh, there's a link. Sorry, Huge I'm not going to read it all. I'm not going to read it. Uh, Ugandan forces invaded Rwanda, which enlarged the conflict between the Hutus and... Uh, Tutsis? Sure. Into the Rwandan Civil War. I'm, I apologize for not knowing those pronunciations. West and East Germany were officially reunited and recognized. Uh, Time Magazine's cover featured an oddly covered portrait with the caption, David Lynch, the wilder heart genius behind Twin Peaks. David Lynch. What a talent. That that last part is mine. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matthew Kirk <laughs> editorializing. No, that David Lynch. No, that's what me. A, I know. I that's like um, oh, the idea it? of it is very funny to me. <laughs> he editorialized the other thing about uh, it. <laughs> well, yeah, he didn't have about nowhere Pacific like that. Sure, but uh, I just like the idea of him writing. David Lynch, what a talent. No one writes that down. <laughs> Who would write the words down? We, David Lynch, dot, dot, dot. We had what a least, talent. We had at least a two-minute uh, digression last week about how that Mariah Carey was talented and beautiful. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, come on. She's no uh, Maxi Priest, though. I don't know if you've heard the song. So we've heard I this still, whole song. I have no idea. I have no recollection of it either, by the way. Well, there you go, everybody. If you've heard of this song, please email us. <laughs> Maxi Priest, big listener, huge Modine head. <laughs> you sons of bitches! Oh, you don't know Maxi Priest? <laughs> How dare you not know Maxi Priest? Okay, everybody, we're into it. This is uh, Stardate 44012.3. This is directed by Les Landau, written by Ronald D. Moore. Based in what is this? Is a fucking crazy credit to have, right? Based in part on a premise by Suzanne Lambden and Brian Stewart. Based in part on a premise is so they're like something I've to somebody? never heard what in my that life. Why would they not get story credit? They were in the Paramount Paramount Commissary and they were like, Hey guys, you should do one where Picard's dealing with you know the Borg stuff. That's so like how is that that's such a by the way, I saw that. I noticed that at the end of the credits. Uh, oh, at the end of the credit, yeah, wow, they really it's shafted just in, based in present. Like what? What? What was that? I, you I know what? Know. Next time I see Ron Moore on the lot, he's getting an earful. We passed him kidding. on the I, lot. I, I never talked to him or anything. like No, that. we passed him on the lot, and I, of course, said, "What? We should go talk to him." And Matt was did the appropriate thing, which is like, "We should leave him alone." Yeah, <laughs> we should leave the man that is clearly in discussion about the man that some is clearly show. walking the lot with four probably production heads and EPs <laughs> for his hey, show. Hey, hey, Mr. Moore, Mr. Moore, <laughs> Ronnie. That's amazing. Uh, hi, 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 Ron. Hi, Ron. <laughs> We're, we're, we're on the show but, but on the floor below you but we, we have, not we have a podcast building. oh he's not in the I talked to him about that on um, at Star Trek Las Vegas when did you talk to him at Star Trek Las Vegas backstage because oh, he had gotten off then him no he was coming out to. after a, a panel I did he was, I was on good behavior with a lot of those people but I definitely would have a lot of full on nerded out with Ron Moore uh, so Suzanne and Brian, way to get that premise credit. What do you think they got? Fifty dollars and a VHS copy of Best of Both Worlds. I don't know, but Matt and I have also been on shows. What a where, weird thing! Where 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 but premise at least, credit was given. But then, it, but, like, but at least know. it's like a normal thing of right. like story by or co-written. There must be something in the WGA that allows them to do that. It's so weird. Do they just buy the rights? You think like a like a like a magazine article kind of a situation? It's really interesting. That is my question. It couldn't have even been up to the level of like this is the only Star Trek podcast. Yeah, this is the only Star Trek podcast you'll ever hear where we're into like the minutia of the credit and how these people were paid without question. <laughs> if that's your bag, <laughs> come for the Star Trek, stay for the nonsense and the minutia of production. Okay, here it is. Oh everybody. wait! Oh uh, no, I think uh, what what happened? Did did one of them email you? No, oh. I thought somebody sent sent us a thing where we talk about behind the scenes stuff. I apologize if you did email me again. Remind me where we talk about behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, 
Who, you and I? Somebody sent us a jingle for just us going on that kind of digression. Oh, a or produ- maybe I'm TV. imagining uh, it. Maybe you know it was what? A TV else. production jingle is not yeah. a not the worst thing for this podcast. We do do it a lot, but that's why you're here, everybody. We are television writers, and it doesn't say so in the description. Maybe it should. Yeah, you know. Let me write that down so I can forget it. Yeah, of course. Uh, this is the kind of thing that we we are going to be soon looking for a person to be helping us. Um, and this will be a, a position that will actually, uh, we will exchange uh, uh, some currency in a, for services. With all your fine Patreon money. Yeah. Really, we're just putting it back into the podcast, guys, in an effort to make it more listenable. And somehow less tolerable for me. With that, with that in mind, you realize we've done eleven if, minutes on nonsense. Even if you even if you split off the uh, the saucer section, yeah, and and separated the messages, you, we still now have wasted their time at the top of the episode discussion section. Yeah, <laughs> but at least we started talking about it. Uh, Wait, what was I writing down? I don't know. You were just saying, oh, put the uh, our description of TV writers in the thing. Oh, sure. Uh, Okay, everybody, with the Enterprise and Dry Dock, this is from Larry Nemechek, Star Trek The Next Generation Companion, revised edition, with the Enterprise and Dry Dock for repairs after the Borg attack, Picard, full of doubts about himself and his abilities, beams down to Earth to visit his family's French vineyards. He has not been home in nearly 20 years since a falling out with his brother. Meanwhile, Worf's visiting foster parents are saddened at his coldness, but they are comforted by Guinan's reassurances. They let their gruff but grateful son know they support him and always have and they know he did not deserve his recent discommendation by the Klingons Dr. Crusher shares the literal ghost of her late husband no no Larry no <laughs> literal he really is leaning on it he's Larry? leaning on his mistake oh this is this is <laughs> out of control <laughs> now we're talking about a character who, is, who fucks a ghost so I think when you're talking about ghosts and Dr. Crusher you need to be more careful with your wording. Hey, ghost fucker spoiler, Matt. <laughs> it's like, it's not like, well, it's not really ghost. Anyway. Um, but it's not, you just, I just, because this is a world, we're in a sci-fi world where you could present him with the haunted, like she found a haunted vase that he had somehow found his way into. Yeah. And uh, here you go, son. This is the literal ghost of your father. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> now he can haunt you. Uh, okay. Of her late husband, Jack, with the son he barely knew by letting Wes view a stored holotape Jack made just after Wesley's birth. Picard is made welcome by Robert's family and meets his nephew, a youngster whose dream of being in Starfleet echoes Picard's own wishes at that age. To his surprise, the captain finds himself tempted to leave Starfleet to head up a planned continent-raising project on Earth, but... His brother, after a fight, reminds Picard that wherever he stays, he must come to terms with the self-doubt and guilt caused by the Borg incident. The captain beans back aboard the Enterprise, which then leaves orbit, having been far more healed than the ship itself. Disagree? (laughs) Because the ship itself is fixed? (laughs) (laughs) Take it up with with Larry Nemechek this week. This might be your description I have had the most uh, problems with. But overall... He's got a lot of episode descriptions he had to write. You do a fantastic job. You know, I got to say, Matt, you're, uh, you're... your statement about the ghost thing actually uh, just led me to a theory. What if 
um, Wesley, the reason he's a sociopath and he's constantly trying to maneuver against all these people on the ship is that he is possessed by the ghost of his father who's infuriated uh, that Picard let him die. I don't hate that theory. Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. (laughs) He's the smartest. All right, everybody. Here it is. It's family. And it kicks off with a great captain's log about the previous episode. I thought you were going to say a bang. I was like, no, it doesn't, does it? (laughs) No. Kicks off with a yawn (laughs) and goes out with a whimper. And uh, we're cycling cycling some internet issues today no i would describe it more as like power drains on the door circuit why we run the episode through the door circuits is really beyond me what is happening why is this not doing anything i wonder how wi-fi works on the enterprise is there wi-fi what do they do is everything just look they're always plugging data in so i don't even think they have bluetooth oh good point captain's log stardate 440 12.3 the Enterprise remains docked at McKinley Station. Such beautiful effects. Mm. Following the Borg incident, I'm confident that the ship and her crew will soon be ready to return to service. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, look out the window there. McKinley. One of the McKinley clamps is out the window. That's pretty great. I mean, that's such some good detail. Yeah. Well done, everybody. You got Earth out there. You got some McKinley uh, clamps. Do you know why it's called a McKinley clamp? I oh, said I'm, that as though I know. Uh, the oh no, I'm saying it's it's McKinley Station. Oh, it's McKinley Station, and gotcha. that's a clamp. I didn't. Picard just said the word. I see. McKinley Station, and yes. I'm referring to it as a clamp. I don't know. It could be an umbilical. I don't know. I think forever and more. Let's say that in canon, that is a McKinley clamp. <laughs> I like it. Are complete, Commander. Already, and we have begun power supply calibration. Well, you're just too damned efficient, Lieutenant. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Continue with the testing, Mr. Worf. Here's the final schedule for the shore leave and for the personnel transfers. By the way, I'm looking forward to meeting your parents. Sir? They're on the visitors list. Lapse in duty right there. He's the fucking chief of security. I was wondering. He's not about looking at that. this visitors list? I was wondering. This about is out that. of control. <laughs> Worf, maybe if you slowed down the phaser upgrades and maybe paid a little more attention to who's going on and off the ship. I just get so excited when I have to do stuff with the phasers. Yeah, I know, Worf, but you also have a it's responsibility. We can't just let anyone on here. Oh, but the phasers. I mean, this is ridiculous. Look at this list. Your parents are on here. My dad's on here. We all know how that went. Honestly, sometimes when I'm on the night shift, I just fire the phasers into space. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you do realize that that just continues out into space, you could be killing. No, I don't understand the science of it. I just shoot them. You didn't know? Do you think it dissipates? That's a good question. Turn to Andy like you have a fucking answer. Uh, I've never felt more well, like, I, I, mean, look, like I, had I had a dunce cap on my head the second you turned around. It must, me. though, right? Because they have an effective phaser range, right? Light doesn't dissipate, does it? Well, a phaser is not light. It's energy. <laughs> then why does it make the big beam? <laughs> That's just the color of the energy. Is that, is that valid? Is that, Amber is the color of my energy. <laughs> is that well, reality or is that s- star- space TV bullshit? Hang on. Are you asking me what phasers really look like? <laughs> I'm asking if you shot a burst of energy at someone, would there would you be able to see it? <laughs> Seems like you wouldn't. What burst of energy? And like an optic blast from Cyclops? Yeah, it's going to be ruby red, buddy. Optic blast, I always read as actual light. <laughs> so 
some version of light. I see, I see. Okay. All right. You can read it like that. Uh, this is for marveling with Matt and Andy in our uh, Patreon well, podcast. Oh, does that mean we have to include Fox's marveling universe? I think we're going to at some point. It is inappropriate for a Klingon to receive family while on duty. As humans, my parents do not understand. Well, I'm not sure that I would either, Worf. Since this isn't a Klingon ship, if you don't want to see your parents, that's your business. But we don't get back to Earth that often. I'm sure we could arrange for you to have more off-duty time while they're here. No, sir. That will not be necessary. Dismissed. Riker's too confused by this. As a man who himself has, has so a strange relationship with his father. That's really true. He is so confused by this. Mr. Worf. If you're worried that they might learn about what happened on the Klingon planet. Not at all. Oh, I see. He's confused about it for the shoehorning in of this thing sure. that we all forgot about. Well, I have reasonable. already informed them by correspondence of my discommendation. I do not believe any human can truly understand my dishonor. Well, I can. I gotta say, at this point in the episode, I was irritated because I was like, "How so?" They were that the that the parents like they still don't understand Klingon culture, and they got this stuff. They raised him and all that stuff. I feel like they actually handily addressed that by the end of the episode. So I'm just saying, I think they they handled it well. Well, it's just so weird because like you don't I, I like this. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna talk about it obviously, but like, it's a very foggy and confusing Worf's adolescence to me a hundred percent I agree yeah so where have well, you decided far, to anyway. go hmm what oh uh France Labar my home village Labar really Burton is that yes. what it says on the wine bottle I got you I don't know I wonder take a look it's the first time in almost 20 years interesting Counselor. I just find it interesting. Captain Jean-Luc Picard, the man who couldn't be pried out of his seat for vacation for three years. It's Earth. It's home. Do I need another reason? I don't know. What do you think? Your help has been invaluable during my recovery. But, look, I'm, uh, I'm better. What a weird, just a weird performance, performance choice. I think also, throughout this episode, I'm like, it's like, I'm like trying to track it. Like, it's so, it's weirdly. Am I kidding that you're not a fan of this episode? Cartoonish in the sense of like how his family interacts. Like, I understand the idea of a, of a, of a uh, traditional French vineyard, right? <laughs> uh-huh. But I don't by that in the year 2370 whatever yeah that they're gonna eat food with only a fireplace to light the room <laughs> like it's just like it's so like their their home it's his whole philosophy though. i understand but i also feel like you're telling me at no point in the picard's long lineage they didn't decide to automate any of this processes well that is a valid point that there was no break in that attitude throughout time um however uh you know people 
people love their records and you yeah, know, there's I get the that. analog versus digital, you know, arguments yeah. all the time. Yeah, but those people also have like, you know, microwave. Some maybe like I get like one and the other, right. like but to have to shut it all there is a healing. For a commercial no. business. He's Amish. Yeah, he's got an Amish brother. The nightmares have ended. I like that he still has a bruise on his head. Yeah, that's nice. All I need now is a little time to myself. Which tells us what, Andy? That he's he, what, that he's that he's still not healed. That Doctor Crusher is not a very good doctor. <laughs> it's a little skin irritation she couldn't get rid of in this <laughs> century where she can fix bones that are broken with a little wavy thing. I agree. Just give you a heads up. People I'm are. Delighted you're I feel like I feel like uh, the some of the some of the people's um, uh, delight with Andy's theories are, are wearing thin. I'm just uh, you know I'm not saying I can stop it. I I think what I think. But how uh, so? Are, are you getting some response? A little bit of a, a vibe. Uh, I think it was off the Best of Both Worlds episode in particular. Which uh, I honestly I'll I'll say it. I don't I don't know that that was my best <laughs> my best episode. Um, but uh, I feel like uh, people are like, all right, we get it. Enough with the Beverly <laughs> and with all the other stuff. Beverly being a bad doctor, and we get it. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting. Well, you know, sometimes people need you to drive things directly into the ground. I can read you the meanest one that was about both of us. Mm. I don't have to. I don't care. It's up to you. The meanest one about both of us? No, I feel like... This feels like it should have been in the hails, but I think I'll allow it. Um, okay, let me just... Uh, oh, I can't wait. What Here you go. they say, Andy? Here you go, my friend. Captain, incoming message. I <laughs> love that he still will play the sound cue. <laughs> incoming mean person. <laughs> that should be the, the thing. Um, I'm just going to read it from the end. Uh, interestingly, <laughs> the opening statement to this, and most of it was about the Shelby stuff, mm-hmm. uh, was, if you feel the need to read this on the podcast, this is from DOS, pronounced like MS-DOS. Yeah, disk operating system, very familiar. Um, and uh, and the last statement C he makes. C colon back forward slash run. I have to, <laughs> I have to, uh, I have to. I'm, I'm going to resist the impulse to to, to read this. Don't in, in read the it voice. in the. Don't read it in the voice. <laughs> don't read it We've in the comic book mistake. guy's voice. Don't, don't okay. pull a mat. I'm just gonna. I did it once. Yeah, I, I know you care did for myself. Yeah. All right. Fair so enough. So feel good about yourself. And don't do it. Um, two men who confusedly raised the question: Is virus a disease? And didn't immediately know the answer. And who don't implicitly understand. Uh, that all androids and robots, but not all robots, all androids are robots, but not all robots are androids, are completely unqualified to judge the writing of a medical or engineering challenger character. Pulaski was written as being stubbornly bigoted, and Crusher not being able to cure a disease that they've only just discovered is not a fault in her fictional character's fictional skills. That's the meanest? It's not the meanest. It's one of them. That's what, That was fine. I knew Who you were cares? Gonna, did I no, no, no. That? I mean that in the sense that, like, I'm not. I'm on your side, Andy. Let me say that. And second of all, to this guy, we're, we, 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 we're sitcom writers. That's what we do. Like, we didn't go to school for anything but. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what you want from us. I, didn't even I don't know how much. <laughs> I don't know how. Much. I'm not even an expert at sitcom writing. My but job. Did, didn't you go to film school? <laughs> I did, but that's not sitcom writing. Well, it's also not biology. For class. the cinema, yes, I'm an expert, obviously. And also, like, when didn't we know the difference between an android and a robot? I don't know. That was one of the first things that 
lengthy discussions I got into in, when I got to the Goldberg's writer's room. I think there was also a vibe on... Uh, in it was face- whether or not Kit was a... And what was the, robot? The, remember robot the big room. list that we made? Yeah, we made a the huge B, list, the which I don't stand by. I do. Um, anyway, yes, a cyborg robot android was our discussion. Yeah, I've decided. I decided. We decided that obviously Kit is a robot. I, I disagree with that. What do you think he is? I, I guess he's not an android. Well, no, because he's not at all human. He's AI. AI was also on the list, and he's AI. Was AI on the list? If that's correct, sure, he has artificial intelligence. He's a robot with AI. Yeah. Anyway, what is this guy's... Well, what I was saying is like, look, our brains don't work like everybody else's brains. So... They're broken? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> We're damaged people. We're both, we both got into comedy as a defense mechanism for our shitty lives. We were just like, I'm going to go make people laugh. That'll teach them. For me, it was a calling. Disease or a virus? I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. What is it? Which episode was it? What, what episode in, is that in reference to? I guess is my question. I don't know. It was all about best of both worlds, so I assume that it, it was some comment with us hammering. Uh, which I, I, honestly, I feel like a lot of other people were sort of ticked off. You know what I think it is? No, I. Th- do I don't know what you think it is. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I don't have to say. Uh, I think that it's people are delighted. Uh huh. When, when we're delighted and when we're delighted with the great episodes and then when we get to the parts of the episodes that they're delighted with and then we keep being ourselves yeah which is inevitable being critical and picking stuff apart and 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 looking at it from all sides i think they start to be like all right but guys look if this is what we do we're trying to fill the time here if we wanted to just sit and go this is actually a really great episode yeah i agree let's give it a 10 done it's one of the best episodes ever All everybody right. should watch it and then the podcast is over so like we do have to at some point entertain people this is a very minor segment of the of the uh of the hell bag and, uh, and you can look on the face group yourself the uh of the discussion it was just uh, something i thought i would uh, bring up well andy I agree with your theory. I don't think she's a great doctor. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. And I like Pulaski because she was a bigot, hated androids or whatever the hell her fucking thing was. But she also was an interesting conflict to introduce into the characters that all got along too much. Yeah, my issue is not that she was presented as bigoted. I think that is generally the problem, or the, the issue that is brought up with Pulaski from fans. Go watch how fucking crazy McCoy is. My issue is how, yeah, that's true. My issue is how that plot plays out and that it doesn't seem to be ever be given any character grounding. Like, why she feels that way about Data and the way that it plays out in her interaction with him. It oh, feels sh- a little sloppy, that's a, all. She's just a jackass. Yeah. yeah. She's antagonizing him for no real reason. And that's what the problem is. It's but not maybe, that, it's not it that she's bigoted. Ready? She yeah. was uh, raised by an android maid. Not nearly as advanced as Data. But she never got along with that android maid. Yeah. So she hates androids. Just rereading this. Is not a fault in her fictional character's fictional skills. Is he... Uh, I'm not sure if he's upset that we're... Uh, harping so much on fictional people? I don't know. That's a, That would be a weird critique if that's what he's saying. I think that he's upset with us for existing. And you know what, sir? Right back at you. 
We are really giving you your nonsense worth today, that. guys. The choice of I like it. could stand some scrutiny. If you wish to believe my going home is a direct result of being held captive by the Borg, be my guest. Is that what you believe? I hate it when you do that. I have two things. Yeah. One thing is, does Picard almost universally, when he's not in uniform, wear a a pirate-themed shirt where it shows a lot of chest? I think that that is the quote-unquote style of the time. That's the style of the time. Yeah. You'll notice everyone on Earth is swashbuckling. So odd. And then the other thing is, um, what is what's her what's her what's her malfunction here, Matt? Like, what does she want? I don't understand what she's getting at. She's really picking at him. Oh, I think that she's being actually. I I think this is her being a very good therapist. I really do. I like, like this scene a lot. It seems like he's going home to work his, his shit out, which is what she says yes, at the end of the scene. she wants him to acknowledge that. I see. That's what she's trying to get out of him. I see. He's, she's, she's trying, trying to make to, him face it. She's trying to get some growth out of him. All right. She's trying enough. to get to a point, maybe not a point of... Um, I mean, I, for what we assume has been a long time, they've been docked, getting mm-hmm. repaired. And she has, I'm assuming, had sessions with him daily. Right. You know, to help with this thing. He's broken. Yeah. Um, and I think she's just trying to coax. I think, I honestly think this might be the best written Troy scene so far as a therapist. I think that's valid. I mean. You don't. You didn't like I it don't. a second ago. Now I think you like your, it. Your points about this are valid. <laughs> My point is, she's a better doctor than Beverly. <laughs> Captain. You do need time. You cannot achieve complete recovery so quickly. And it's perfectly normal after what you've been through to spend a great deal of time trying to find yourself again. And what better place to find oneself than on the streets of one's home village? Interesting. I hate I, the word I, I interesting liked it. I also. liked it. FYI, interesting drives me crazy in that context. In the context of the script or in the context of like when you're in therapy? Not in therapy. That I'm fine with. It's in, in life, people will say interesting, often masking their own um, issues and stuff. They'll say something, you know, they could kind of go, interesting, but they really will have something loaded into it. And this, <laughs> all she has loaded into it is that she's trying to prod him into facing his stuff. Which I... I like a lot. It looks Have like he's about to kiss her. Acting. She's about to kiss him. <gasps> she is. I really read that scene right that I already watched. <laughs> How would it, when you watch my question for you when you watch this show? <laughs> do I say is, that aloud? Do you when you watch? I think she's about to kiss him. When you watch she did. the show, are you watching the show? What, I, this is a bunch of crap. No, my, it's like, like a literal question for you. Is like, do you like do other stuff or do you? What do you do? I take notes. Okay, so like you could be typing and miss like Possibly. Be looking down. Yes. Yeah. All right. That that's my question. You are so interesting right now. Is <laughs> 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 he like? Here's the situation. Right. He picks these books up and yeah. he puts them back. Right. Do you think he's like? No, I know my brother. He's got plenty of these leather-bound books. <laughs> what am I doing? Books I don't need to bring like, these. By the way, here's how I think uh, luggage <laughs> should work in this century. Oh, yeah. 
tiny transporter buffer <gasps> because it's Smart. inanimate objects, right? right? So you just sort of like beam whatever you want into to take with you into the little tiny transporter buffer. And then when you arrive, you just hit the button and it beams it all out onto your bed. And yep. then you pack it. You put it up where you want to put it. Why don't you just beam a cube that is your closet? Well, you don't know, like, the hotel room you're going to, if it has space for that. Or well, not. in the future, they would have them all, you know, standard. <laughs> not at Robert's. <laughs> Look, I love this, this purposeless turnaround other than they have to get out of the teaser. <laughs> He I just mean, turns around and looks doing? at the room. He's taking it in, right? He's like, sort of like, this isn't a teaser. This isn't a cold open. There's no button. Oh, wait a minute. Just have him turn around and then music. They still have not signaled. No, sir. My mother is never on time. So human of her. Well, you know women. <laughs> so a, a funny line there would have been: "She's not a woman; she's my mother." That would have been a funny wharf line. Sure, hmm, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> well, doesn't even have, we don't have to make it a table with that. I was maybe I was wondering what's like that's that sort of a it's a weird downbeat. It's a weird downbeat for the future. Women are always late. <laughs> That's the going on the twenty twenty fourth century. I mean, maybe. If or it was is there like, was there a future virus that that infected the entire female population a and virus made them or always a late? Disease, dude. Figure it oh, out. You're right. I blew it. Forward to this. <laughs> I wish they would come so it would begin and end sooner. I know what you mean, Lieutenant. Unlikely. Last time my old man was on board, I found him chasing Nurse Stanton around a bio bed and sick bed. What the F is this? I'm not concerned about my father chasing nurses. Uh, but it's always something with parents, isn't it? Enterprise, this is Earth Station Babrusk. Two to transport aboard. Energizing. I don't hear a lot of accents other than the accents we're about to hear. Other than the and accents we're about Patrick to hear. Patrick Stewart's accent. Oh, you're and right. Chief O'Brien's accent. Anyone else? Because those are the only ones that I was thinking of. I feel like there were more accents in Marina the old Sirtis. show. <laughs> what, yeah. what accent is that, though? It's Beta Z. That's her accent. That's what she tried to do. And as we have discussed with her, she... I think you're digging to go to, to Marina. Is there anybody else? There's everybody You think else I'm is... digging to go to one of the main characters of the show? No, you're digging because that's not a real accent. Uh, by her own admission, it's all like a crazy thing that never adds up. Because right, but neither she's on our... Uh-huh. So it's an accent. You know, then you have Bashir. Like, if you go into the next series. I mean, right, there's accents enough. everywhere. All right. Well, I'm watching this one. I don't know about the other ones. <laughs> You're watching an ac- a scene where there's... One of the characters has an accent you often try to do. And you're saying there aren't any accents. For the record, I don't. I'm not legitimately trying to do an O'Brien accent. Father. <laughs> you look good, son. Maybe. Your problem is that you don't hear Russian accents. I hear the accents. Because you don't ever remember Chekhov. In the old one, that's my whole point is I feel like in TOS, there was Chekhov. I feel like there was a lot of people that, that, like, it was much more of an accent heavy show. Whereas on this show. I actually would disagree with that statement. Interesting. Yeah. Because the only member of the cast of TOS. 
that had an accent. It's Chekhov. Che- McCoy too. He was had more of a. He had like a yeah, little southern. Doesn't, yeah, he doesn't lean on it flavor. that much. No, but it's Chekhov, right? Uh-huh. So then we go to this show, and I'm pointing to oh, oh Scotty, obviously Scotty. Uh, Scotty, ha ha! Two main characters, and those people are giant, giant examples of an accent. I think my, because uh, they're both Americans doing. Well, sorry, James Dewan's Canadian, but they're both speaking with fake accents. Perhaps. <laughs> Put on a little weight, huh? No. Sure you have. Looks good on you. Still working out with those holodeck monsters, I bet. Let me take you to... Ah, always good to meet another chief petty officer. Sergei Rajenko, formerly of the USS Intrepid. Miles Edward O'Brien, sir. Good to meet you. Don't call me sir. I used to work for a living. (laughs) That's good enlisted men humor right there. I like it. I like it too. But I also would like to know, how did he know O'Brien was a chief petty officer when he's got Lieutenant Pips on. The inconsistency of O'Brien's rank is driving me crazy. Oh, that's really interesting. Can you I didn't realize that was a permanent mistake. Like me raising a boy to be an officer. It, they fix it in DS9. <laughs> he finally gets a rank insignia that is enlisted. Come along, Sergei. There's plenty of time to chat with the boys. Your father has been so looking forward to this. Yes, I want to see everything. The whole ship. At home, I have all the specs and diagrams of the galaxy-class starships. This is like you, Matt. We are mm-hmm. in the midst of a repair. I cannot give you a complete tour. Oh, I'm sure if you ask the captain... You agreed not to embarrass him. Besides, we have come to see Worf, not the ship. Fine, fine, okay. Your hair is a little longer, isn't it, Worf? Brian's I delighted. wish O'Brien just went assholes. <laughs> and you're like, what? What? What is that all about? I was out in the hall and I heard something. Did you say one other thing? No, 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 I didn't. Oh. I sneezed. Uh, interesting. I said at you. All right. Yeah. I'm sure you misunderstood. No, I didn't. He said so. Well, Robert and I, we... Perhaps it's time to change all that. You know... You don't seem so arrow. Not a good delivery. You know. Arrogant? Yes, arrogant. You don't seem that way to me. What does it mean anyway? Arrogant son of a... Let's talk about that later, shall we? Cute. What's the uh, bitch. what's the uncle nephew thing? Is it just the kid doesn't understand, the kid, or it's a the kid fuses it, and then just Picard thinks of that's a nice little, see, fun okay. little thing to have gotcha. with the kid. But he has never met this kid, correct? And he has never met the wife, correct? Other than in letters, yeah. Okay, or maybe, maybe they did a little FaceTime. He's that here. makes sense. Mommy. Do you think this is just? Like this set, right? This not set, but this location right here. This feels like it's like a just a house in Hancock Park, doesn't it? Ooh, we should find out where that is and go there. I bet we could if one of us He's here. ever did anything. <laughs> Was googling. <laughs> All right, I'll Google it. I'm not your Shut assistant. Up, well, no, but I'm playing the thing. All right, fine. I'm doing this. You do that. Well, I have. Trouble oh, focusing, boy. as you may have noticed at I some point in the 75 that. episodes. We need to bring in a third person. Like oh, a wow. producer. He's, a, he's a full, of, full of juice today. With the, Let's bring people in. I th- I, you know, just someone who can be like Googling. 
We can bring in a producer. Because we have such crazy thoughts all the time. Sure. I mean, are you guys, you guys ready to let all of the chaos go? Let us know. <laughs> it is so good to finally meet you. For me, too. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm fine. Well. I had Chief O'Brien beam the scar off my head. <laughs> Robert and I. Was it gone? I was. I was thinking. I, I'm. I might be imposing. I could very easily stay in the village. I wouldn't hear of it. It's your home, and it will always be your home. Thank you. I'm taking the deed. Good day. What? No. Do things look that different? Oh no. In fact, it's amazing how little it has changed. Everything is exactly as I remember it. Then we go meet his brother, who <laughs> is just such a weird character. You arrived at last. Welcome home, Captain. Hello, Robert. You've uh, shuttled in from the village? No, I decided to walk. I met Marie and Rene. Good. Good. It's, um... Good to see you. You tired? No. I'll make yourself at home. You know where everything is? You generally eat about eight. I must try and cure this poor, sick... Fine. It's very late for someone who spends, I'm assuming, from very early morning out in the vineyard to have dinner at eight. That's a really good point. Thank you. That's you really what I'm here your, for. You know your farming. I know my farm meals. <laughs> Great. Thank you. That, uh, by the way, his brother uh, played uh, by Jeremy Kemp. Mm. Um, you may know him from Top Secret. Um, he was in uh, The Winds of War, Heart to Heart, uh, Vikings. I knew him from something big. Um, Prisoner of Zenda, Bridge Too Far. Oh, yeah, he was in Bridge Too Far. Maybe that's it. That Maybe. must be where you know him from. Blue Max. When you say, I know him from something big, right? Yes, because this is the thing you often say. As but you, no, I don't mean big as in what. No, other big to you, like you, yeah, like, like oh, you, something, something you've seen, I've a, seen lot. a ton of times. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what, do, what, what are you looking for when you're looking down those lists? I'm take looking, me inside Secunda. I'm looking for the thing that's like that's the HBO movie that I saw a billion times. Okay, so I think <laughs> that we need to like rephrase. Okay. Your thing. From something big. You need to say, I know him from something I've watched a lot. <laughs> okay, I, fair not, enough. You know what I mean? Just yeah, like, that's because my brain is like, wait, what? what is he in? I fucking don't know. Yeah. And meanwhile, I don't know that you're looking for an HBO movie yeah. of the week you saw a ton. Yeah. Well, uh, that to me is big. <laughs> it's big in my life. Uh, so, Crusher somehow has the thing she left in storage that she decides to get now. It's very odd. Also, how does storage work in the future? Can't you just to your point, 
put everything in a transport buffer? Yeah. I hope so. That's my dream. Especially in animate objects. I wonder if you carry the transporter buffer. Even on Enterprise, you, they were, the transporters what? weren't for organic material, but they could transport stuff. Yeah, well, like, what if they, I bet, what if they did something where it was like, oh, okay, I want to, I want to bring this stuff. Can you transport all this stuff into basically the equivalent of a hard drive and I'll just carry the hard drive to the next transporter? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Well, no, actually, I'm saying uh, that... You're the, saying beaming the, it right into the place. No, I'm saying beaming it into the into a thing that you carry with you. What do you mean? And it, like, with? holds the info of, like, what you have. Yeah, yeah, Essentially that's what, what you're saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it functions... It's something you don't need another transporter for, in my mind. Gotcha. This invention that I've made up on my fictional... Uh, this fictional invention on this fictional show for these fictional people. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dr. Crusher... What a dumb doctor. It's true. <laughs> like the old school uniform? Something from home? I left it here in storage a long time ago after Jack died. Odds and ends, mostly. How to advance your career through marriage? It was a joke. It's a weird episode Jack of like little digs at marriage. Ron Moore, what was going on in your life? Female stuff. What's that? It's an HBO movie of the week Jack and I used to watch. (laughs) It's a big thing. (laughs) I've forgotten it. Maybe I was just trying to forget it. Why? Why? Oh, she says it. (laughs) (laughs) You did the same thing. Jack recorded a holographic message for Wesley just after he was born. It was a gift for him when he grew up. Jack was going to make many more of them. He never had the chance. Are you afraid of what it might say? Yes. No. Oh. I just don't know if it'll do more harm than good. Wesley. Uh, Wesley's never gotten over his father's death. Jack was younger than I anticipated him being. How so? I guess they must have the the time. I think it's like eighteen years earlier, right? Oh yeah, I guess he's pretty old, isn't he? Wesley. How old is Jack Crusher supposed to be? I don't know. Doesn't he look like he's like a thirty-year-old guy? He looks younger to me. Kind of trouble. Maybe if you looked at the guest star, you could extrapolate his age. I guess I was thinking that he was he was Picard's contemporary, but I guess he was just no, he was a lieutenant he was commander just on his ship. on his ship. Yeah, yeah. one of his the senior officers. But. Right. And there is our little seven-year-old sitting on a chair and glaring across the room at five teenage boys, all of them with bloody noses. <laughs> and then the principal looked up and said, please, tell me he's an only child. <laughs> we have taken enough of the commander's time. You know, it's funny. I, I was on set uh, with, uh, I'm going to name drop a little bit here, Scott Adsit, because uh, mm-hmm. he was in a, an episode. Uh, upcoming and uh he uh was uh, somehow the podcast came up and uh and he was he was commenting like he really wanted to say it jordy has the weirdest laugh in that show <laughs> he's a weird guy <laughs> and i was like oh it never struck me before but now i'm noticing it he does have a weird laugh i think it's the that's very funny that adds it would crack it was, that it was an odd it was an odd uh but um, point to make the uh his laugh feels real. I find a lot of Star Trek laughs oh, do you feel always like feel fake. Feels organic. I yeah. feel like it, I feel like it feels a little bit inorganic. You, you're saying it's almost the weirdness that makes it organic. Yeah, yeah. Like I have a crazy laugh, like a fucking machine gun chipmunk laugh. My laugh has been mocked. I just on many an occasion. 
I wish I at some point oh, I was in trying your life to, or here. No, here. Oh Jesus! It was never it was never mocked in real life, and I was and I was actually collecting a file of everyone's metaphors for what my laugh sounded like, um, and then I was going to read them all together at one point. And I lost it. So if you want to send in your, your insulting this description exactly of my laugh. This is why we need someone to help us out here. I get it. Who are you making the argument to? I'm pitching to? to the audience. All right. Well, they're already on the Patreon. They're doing everything they can. No, no. Pitching, we're going to find them through the audience. Oh, I see. <laughs> I thought you were just... I don't know what you were asking for. Oh, now I understand. Oh. Stories. Say again. Okay. Okay. Enough stories. Well, now... How about giving us a look at the new engine core? I used to be a warp field specialist on the old Excelsior class. I'd be delighted. Mrs. Roshenko? Oh, no, 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 no. You two go ahead. Uh, your father will be ours. Wolf, why don't you show me the arboretum? Commander LaForge, call me when you... when my father wishes to leave. I can find my own way. Turbolift 4 is... Um, just over there, right? I have all the specs and diagrams at home. We get the it. The data matrix compositor makes the recrystallization process ten times more efficient than the old Excelsior class ships. Amazing. All right, I was never a Warfield specialist. <laughs> fact, I don't. I wasn't I even at Starfleet. I don't have any of the diagrams at home. I'm sorry, I lied about that. Look, here's the deal. I just guessed at Turbolift Four. <laughs> it was a good guess, but honestly, I got to tell you something. That woman is not my wife. I'm here against my will. I don't know Warf. <laughs> Help me. Here's a couple of minutes. There's something else I want to ask you. Sure, Chief. Could I have fifty dollars? It's about my son. <laughs> I spend too much on the diagrams. I have a series. They're not readily available though. because it's a flagship of the Federation fleet and they don't want that getting out. And your friend Lewis wants you to come. Okay. Tim. Here we are. As soon as you're settled. In this very old home. He's still trying to raise the ocean floor. Oh, yes. He's very excited about it. He's been made a supervisor now. I mean, this is the equivalent, timing-wise, of, like, people today that are, like, living in a, not even Colonial Williamsburg. It'd be before that. Uh Uh-huh. It'd be, like, I don't know, grass huts, just because they think it's, like, this is truly the way humans should live. This, all I'm saying is... Robert should get her a replicator. That's really all I'm saying. Reminding anyone. You really uh, just some electric light. I want to. The I guy wanna, has wanna, found his own little piece of heaven. He enjoys <laughs> life in, with, with just the give simplicity. Me a somewhere. Of, I see no good reason why the Earth should have another subcontinent. It's really quite exciting, actually, if you understand the potential of exploring a new world on our own planet. This is pretty snotty. Well, I'm afraid. Jean Luc's part. I do not understand. Oh, I think he's falling back into his old habits with his brother. Yeah. The mayor wants to give you a parade. Thank you. A parade? Give you the keys to the city. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. He just needs a little arm twisting there. A little coaxing. No, he does not. I'm here to rest and spend some time with my family. Well, I've already warned the mayor not to make any plans without talking to us. Thank you. So... Salut. 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 Salute. 
Is, he, is the kid drinking wine? <laughs> can't, you can't see. Oh, that would be amazing. But, I mean, he's a child. But he's in France. Much of that artificial stuff, what do you call it? Synthahol? Spoiled you. Ruined your palate. On the contrary, I think that Synthahol heightens one's appreciation for the genuine article. Mmm. Delicious, Perim. Boy, I'm really hungry for a stew with some a baguette. That's me too. <laughs> Is there somewhere we can get it after this? It was interesting. Uh, a good no. stew with a baguette. And I was proud that my family were helping to preserve the traditions. I just didn't feel bound by those. God, I bet the script coordinator was losing his mind when. Patrick Stewart decided to bend over and pick up a stone that he was going to toss in the air. <laughs> they have to keep the continuity. You always reach for the future and your brother for the past. That's the worst line. It's not That's a great the line. worst line in this episode. There are a lot of stating exactly what the situation uh, Yeah, it's there. very strange. It should be. I would say for, though, a show that generally plays, you know, in, in such a plot-driven direction, um, I think for them to do this entirely dramatic episode in yeah. terms of the interactions, they do a better job than I would expect them to. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But I agree with you. There's a lot of lines. That line. That line just like, particularly that so. line. I just like, just like, it's just so um, ham-fisted. My and family. But like, I actually think the actor doesn't do the Helping best job with it. Also, the delivery's ham-fisted as well. Traditions. Yeah, I just didn't feel bound by those traditions. I, you know, he just didn't feel bound by those traditions that my brother held so dear. Okay, so uh, what I could say is, boy, your brother really has kept up those traditions. That's yeah. like a sort of a reasonable line, but uh-huh. instead, what we get is this: You always reach for the future, and your brother for the past. Audience. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Who says that? There should be room for both in this life. I see it's me. What is happening? It sounds like the PlayStation. I think it might be. I think it is a PlayStation. It's an. It's an. It's a Spider-Man ad. Oh, Sorry, it's a great game. What Have you played it? Yeah, I finished the new it. one. Yeah. Oh, I gotta play it. So you've taken quite a shift into the future yourself. <laughs> well, hydroponics turned out to be so dull. You should have listened to me at the beginning. I have. I've straightened my collar, pulled it down a bit, but I don't know if I'm ready for the full V. I'd listened to you. I never would have taken that cycling trip with the Bloom sisters. His his V is definitely lower than anybody else in this show. I hear you've been promoted to supervisor of the Atlantis project. I'm one of 200 supervisors. That's too many people trying to (laughs) raise the fictional continent. A lot of ships and the chefs in the soup. Um, Is so? Is the idea? They, I, I was a little confused by this. They're raising Atlantis. the floor of the ocean. The city of Atlantis. They're going to bring it up to the surface. Oh, gosh. That's amazing. That's so cool. I want to see that. And that's it? It seems to be, right? But they're talking about a whole continent. So doesn't that mess with the ocean in a large way? What do they do with the ocean? <laughs> I'm asking the wrong person, aren't I? <laughs> You're, Andy, everything I know about this project also comes from this episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> Asking another person sitting next to me. You should, but I want to know. You know, you should email. I'm hoping they circled back to it at some point and said, We're done with the Atlantis project, but there's a problem. I think they do, don't. Oh, you don't know. A little more. <gasps> do they? I feel like that's mentioned again. Sir. Oh, cool. 
while you were on board. But I could have made that up, and people will tell me I'm wrong. It's fine. That's what podcasts are for. It's for people like Andy and I. Didn't, I, I didn't mean to send you to a sit spiral here night. and be wrong. <laughs> and for you at home, I just to tell it would us be a when funny, we are. Funny hell. We go too far sometimes. I'm just excited to be here. Riker to Lieutenant Worf. Worf here. I need to talk to you about the phaser test results. On my way, Commander. He doesn't sound happy about those results. No, he doesn't. He sounds real pissed off. Have Guinan call me if you need anything. Do you think that this is when they finally reveal to Worf that they used to be mice and their real name <laughs> is Mouskowitz and they're looking for their son, Fievel? <laughs> is this what they sound like in American yes. Tale? Yeah. They went to the Enterprise because the Maybe streets are paved with cheese. Leave it alone. Well, I can't just leave it alone. I'm, I'm busy crossing to the large windows for the next monologue. Somewhere <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah, something. something. <laughs> the streets are paved with gold, with cheese. Hang on. Is that. I remember that song, but I don't remember if it's real. It is okay. I didn't make that up completely in my head. Oh yeah, it's they're singing. They're so happy. There's no cats in America. Oh, so oh they're in for shock. <laughs> we saw some fish. Fish. Lucky you didn't see some cats. <gasps> cats. Gato. Cats. Cats. I didn't see any cats. This is five, in case you're wondering. American Tale. Wouldn't it be nice to get to America where we don't have to worry? It really is. It's Worf's father. There are no cats in America. But back home in Mother Russia. I don't like the theme of this song. through the snow to Minsk. Suddenly Papa saw those huge paw prints. Oh, boy. But, yeah, so that's exactly who they remind me of Fievel's parents sooner or later everyone comes in here they stand by those windows and they look out and they stare and they're looking for that little star they call home doesn't matter how far away it is everybody looks anyway I'm Guinan pleased to meet you you're Worf's parents Sergey and Elena Rozhenko. Welcome. Sit, please. There's something I would like to ask you. Please. How come you never gave him prune juice? <laughs> I beg your pardon. Well, he said he'd never had it till it came here. Now he can't get enough of it. The reaction of the guy that plays War's father is like, it's literally like, She's crazy. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> he never wanted any human food while he was growing up. Everything had to be Klingon. I learned to cook rock egg blood pie. However, we never quite learned how to eat it. <laughs> by the way, side note, uh, the father is uh, played by Theodore Bickle, a very famous and storied actor. I can list off his credits, but... Uh, uh, it's you know it's the usual the usual suspects 
uh, Falcon Crest, LA Law, all those things. But the interesting thing, and this is the thing, how do you want me to phrase this? Oh, here's the, what did I say? Here's the thing that I watched the most that he was in. <laughs> That's so bulky. There's got to be another way to say that. <laughs> here's here's his uh, his, his secunda. secunda. I'm like trying to think of like what like his uh, oh, God familiarity index quotient. <laughs> anyway, you figure it out while I'm while I'm saying it. His name, his voice was very familiar, even though he was doing the Russian accent. But his name was so familiar that in my head. It was burned in Rankin Bass um, font, and I was like, I think he must have been in the Rankin Bass version of The Hobbit. That's how familiar I am with that cartoon. And I was wrong, but I was right because he was in—he played Aragorn in Return of the King. So I saw it in the same font in my brain. That's how weirdly I can remember things, even though I can remember nothing. That's what's taking up all the space in my brain well, that makes this show. You remember so the unimportant is, things, which yes. is what we both pride ourselves in here. It's true. He was also in Babylon Five, playing Rabbi Koslov. Oh, I'm intrigued already. But you got through it. We didn't do anything special. Didn't you? Just look at him. I think he's pretty special. We knew it wouldn't be easy for him. Growing up without other Klingons to turn to for guidance. We had to let him discover and explore his heritage by himself. Let him find his own path. So many parents could learn so much from the two of you. Well, I'm afraid that Worf feels that we do not understand him. Well, part of him may feel that way. Also, we were told there were no cats on the Enterprise, but there's at least one. Has cat. Does Data there's has another spot part. appeared yet? No, no. It's all I've it's all theory to me. Part that comes in and drinks prune juice. It's really hammering the prune juice part. part. I like I lo- I really him. like this scene. He's not looking towards the Klingon Empire. He's looking towards you. At least I think so, because we're in a ship and it's like three dimensions. I don't Who really knows? know where he's I don't looking. really track that stuff. John Are you all right? He's not looking at the computer screen. He's looking off. Isn't that what she's asking if he's all right? I seem to have made a rather disturbing discovery. Lewis mentioned that the Atlantis project needed a director. I found myself actually thinking about it. Why shouldn't you? Leaving my career, the Enterprise. Considering what you've just been through. No, 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 it's not that. Isn't it? Or is it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Besides, it would be wonderful to have you back home. Would be pretty cool. I can make all these soups. (laughs) What kind of message? Stew. I don't know exactly. Your father made it a few weeks after you were born. Why? He felt it was important to say certain things. And to make sure that he didn't forget to tell you them later. Do you know what it says? No. 
know. But he wanted you to have this when you turned 18. And I want you to have it too. Is it a ghost? <laughs> Literal ghost? <laughs> Mom, you're giving me a haunted chip? Enter. We're thinking about growing his hair long? What's <laughs> happening here? Is it too long? Should I... Are we disturbing you? Should I Should I do no. a flip? What is no. that chair? What That's is going on with chair. the chair? That chair will be in Worf's quarters forever. What is it? Is it intentionally uncomfortable so it's Klingon-y? What's the deal? I don't... I mean, it just aesthetically, it, I guess it looks like something that would maybe be Klingon-y. What about the other thing? The, the giant Calder mirror? Statue. Oh, it's, oh, that's a mirror. <laughs> this giant mirror? Which, yeah. That makes less sense to me. There's a lot of stuff in his quarters for what I would consider I going to your quarters like the to painting sleep. of space or the, the photo of space. I like that he has his baldry right there hanging because he's not wearing it right now. What's the thing next to it? Do we know? This canister? Yeah. It's probably his luggage transporter bumper. <laughs> Please. When I heard you were on the visitor's list. I had I neglected almost, my duties. I was not sure I wanted you to come. Oh, Matt. Yeah. Um, the mom, mm-hmm. played by Georgia Brown, hilariously. In an episode of Cheers, two episodes of Cheers playing the same character. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to guess? No, but okay. I would like to hear. Madame Lazora in Madame La Carla and the Ghost and Miss Lebec. Oh, must it's be the, Carla's. It's right after psychic. It's or something? right after Lebec dies. Yeah, Carla's shystery psychic putting her in touch with Lebec Charlie's uh, ghost there she'd been great at Charlie Lebec that's not his name what's his first name Jay Thomas Jay Thomas's character famously written off the show for not being a a great guy Uh, for going on a radio and saying that being on Cheers is great except I have to kiss Rhea Perlman right and then uh, you know Rhea Perlman was making a joke and Rhea Perlman was like well that's not cool and everyone else on the show were like yeah that is not cool yeah. And then they killed him in a Zamboni accident off screen. Yeah. And then he showed up on another show, something in Fire or Hearts of Fire or something like Jay that. Jay Thomas, yeah, had a couple of shows. Yeah. Yeah. Storied, uh, late great Jay Thomas. No longer with us. I am glad you are here. We had to come. Our boy was in trouble. After we read your letter about the discommendation from the Klingons... You made it so sad you cried on it. <laughs> now there is, is that the one that ends with the, him holding their hands? Yeah. What do you think of that scene? What do you think of that moment? Oh, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, why did Les Landau decide for them not to hug? Interesting. To me, I thought the action... I guess this is all nuance and, and different tastes. I bet you most of our audience probably loved the whole thing but I would my for my taste the fact that he reaches forward and holds their hands is already more than most Klingons like an action that more, more than most Klingons would would uh, would take part in mm-hmm. and that to me was touching enough and then I think when he's smiling which I'm sure he was directed to do it's too much so I don't I, I wouldn't have wanted to see them go to a hug I would have liked to have seen them go to a hug because these seem like a very huggy people. I would like to and, see them hug him and him yeah. sort of 
you know, uh, pretend to be disgruntled about it, but then allow it. But uh, I would have liked. That's that. why the action of him reaching out his hand is so big. Um, agreed. Very good. Like to see. Sir, the gallant captain out of control. He's coming in here, I think, character-wise. I feel like he's coming in here to do this. To pry. To help him. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's a very nice, very nicely structured scene. I agree. Mind if I ask you a question? What the devil happened to you up there? This brotherly concern. No. Curiosity. What did they do to you? You know what happened? Not precisely. I gather you were hurt. Humiliated. I've always thought you needed a little humiliation. Or was it humility? Either would do. Taking my scarf with me. <laughs> Might Why because I wore it in the scene and they forgot, so I had to grab it. Why? Where's the stone that I was tossing around before? <laughs> that isn't your style. Tired of fighting with you, Robert? Tired? That's right. Yes. Tired of the Enterprise, too? The great Captain Picard of Starfleet falls to Earth, ready to plunge into the water with Lewis. That isn't the brother that I remember. Still, I suppose it must have seemed like an ideal situation, hmm? Local boy makes good, returns home. Glad that phrase is still around. <laughs> How excited were they to do a full-on walk and talk and not be even limited by the set? Look at how long this is. Yeah. Hero's welcome. I'm a hero. Of course you are. Admit it. You never settle for less than that, and you never will. That's not true. Cancel the parade in your favor. No! Cancel the parade. Rubbish. Skeksis. Valedictorian. Athletic hero with your arms raised in victory. Valedictorian. Arms raised in victory. You so jealous? Yes, damn it. I was always so jealous, and I had a right to be. A right? I was always your brother. Watching you receive the cheers. Watching you break every rule our father made and get away with it. Why didn't you break a few rules? Because I was the elder brother, the responsible one. It was my job to look after you. Look after me? You, you were a bully. Sometimes, maybe, sometimes I even enjoy bullying you. All right. Try that one. Why did you come back, Jean-Luc? Did you come back because you wanted me to look after you again? Damn you! It's kind of a weird... Of all the things he said, I love that they fight. Yeah. But it's weird that it's on that line that they fight. For me to look after you? I like that that is the line because I feel like Captain Picard is a person who feels like he needs to be looked after by no one because he's the captain. I guess that's true. Some amazing Somebody bad. once told me the world 
Wild Yeah, some bad what? Some amazingly bad stunt double fighting. This this like the music doesn't match the moment. It's still too ominous. Yeah. But I guess because we're doing that left turn of his emotion here. By the way, uh, Kyle Barker did. Uh, if you want to look in, in face group at some point, I think I think it's in face group. If not, I'll put it in two in two years. I'll put it on Instagram. Um, uh, he did an amazing uh, sort of a uh, sort of cartoon of this scene with you and I uh, f- uh, fighting um, with the with the. Um, subtitles change to stuff that we've said in the show i don't know if we'd ever come to blows particularly around mud because we're never outside <laughs> that's true yes, but you needed it you have been terribly hard on yourself <laughs> you don't know robert you Rob- don't know not robert <laughs> they took everything i was he used me to kill and to destroy and I couldn't stop them. I shouldn't have been able to stop them. I tried. I tried so hard. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't good enough. I should have been able to stop them. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. So... My brother is a human being after all. This is going to be with you a long time, Jean-Luc. A long time. You have to learn to live with it. You have a simple choice now. Live with it below the sea with Louis. Or above the clouds with the Enterprise. You were right, after all. I think I didn't come back so that you could help me. You know what? I still don't like you, (laughs) Jean-Luc. I mean, look, I think that was an important scene to play out in its entirety without mocking it. We mocked it a little bit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that scene, uh, you know, in fairness, the wharf scene, you know, much as I nitpicked it, uh, it really got me. And the scene also got me when Picard breaks down. Oh, I had, yeah, I had I had some feels during this, as they say. And some serious feels. I got a little bit teary. And yeah. I felt bad. And I think it's a really, it's a really good presentation of that particular problem of somebody who's that exceptional and in control which is what i think that they talk about that this was a big turning point for the show right because he was humanized i mean look andy i just don't want you to like i I don't want you to from here on out expect the wire like they can't they're really gonna do that there's gonna be long character pieces in every episode right still star trek so (laughs) just brace yourself buddy can't wait for the the one man show episode a la hey my name is alex of family ties what happened here 
It's, well, um, it's entirely my fault, Murray. Yes, um, I fell down and then well, he fell down and, and then, then we, we, we both fell down. down. We, both, we both together. But we both fell down together. Have you two been fighting? Fighting? No, no. certainly not. No. Shame on you both. What would your father say if he saw you like this? Probably send us both to bed without any supper. Well, perhaps it's just as well you got it out of your systems. Perhaps it was, Murray. Perhaps it was. I'll contact Lewis and cancel the meeting with the Board of Governors. It's time that I was going. Already, Jean-Luc? Ah. The ship will be ready to leave orbit soon. And I belong aboard. I should ever doubt that again. I know where to come. To the vineyard, where I'll roll around in mud with a stunt double. Poor Data, not even in the episode. Not at all? No. Interesting. About being a father. Oh, anyway, here's... No, he doesn't have any emotions. He's got nothing. Here's Wesley. Nothing to add, literally. Maybe he could have just been dealing with why he was so foolish as to believe that Shelby had talked to Commander Riker before that away team mission. And that's what he would be dealing with in this episode. Maybe. Play a little wiser. <laughs> Do you think it's weird that they don't... It just struck me as weird. I guess it makes sense. But like with the Tasha hologram and with this guy, that they don't have the technology to have him sort of look at you when he's talking. <laughs> to interact. I think there's like hollow recordings, right? And right. there are hollow programs. Right. Like I know that... There, you'll see some programs like where like they can answer questions. I think in the next one, maybe. But, yes, I see what you're saying. But also, I think they just do recordings, and then there's like things where they're like, can I program an AI thing? Yeah, sure. And I want you to know who your father was when you came into the world. When I see you lying there in your crib, I realize I don't know the first thing about being a father. So he doesn't look like 30, mid-30s to you? He looks a little younger to me, but I guess he does. I guess I'm just weirded out that that's his father, but um, I guess it adds up. Because, I don't know. I, I think I, I, I think in my head, I from the vibe between Beverly and Jean-Luc Picard, I felt like they were more contemporaries and kind of close friends. And well, I feel I mean, like it's it's this 20, this episode points it a think little. Think of bit. a twenty year younger Patrick Stewart, uh huh, being his thirties. I guess that's true. I think you're just having trouble because Patrick Stewart's been bald for a long time, and he seems older than he is. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. So let me just apologize for all the mistakes I'm about to make as you grow up. I hope you don't grow up resenting the fact that I was gone so much. That comes with this uniform. I don't know if I can explain why Starfleet means so much to me. Maybe you'll understand when you get this recording. Maybe you'll even want to try one of these on. But you'll probably be a doctor, like your mother. You're only a baby, but it's remarkable. I can see in your face all the people I've loved in my lifetime. Your mother, my father and mother. Dale. My family. Uh, well, who's Dale? <laughs> <laughs> Mom? Wait, I should delete that part. <laughs> I'll get to it later in the day. 
and I can feel <laughs> Then we hear <laughs> Captain Picard. Mr. Crusher, I need you to transport her three. That was like, it was the day he died. <laughs> I don't care how dangerous it is. Send him down I don't know there. I how to describe it. But there's this connection, this bond. Ugh, he's talking to his kid again in there, isn't he? I'll always be a part Jack. of you, Wesley. <laughs> well, I hope this makes some sense to you. I'm not sure that it does to me. There you go. That's... Here, this uh, nice. will support my theory that he looks young. He played Babyface Nelson. <laughs> well, there you go. He has a baby face. Five years after this. No, no, it was two years after this. This was uh, Doug Wirt, that actor. It was Jack Rusher. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I'm... I guess he's very Starfleet in his kind of straight-lacedness. I would have liked someone a little bit more interesting for that part. But he does nothing except deliver a stray monologue. Yeah, and I guess to have him do it any more emotionally would have been weird because he was supposed to be just making these every day. Yeah, or every or, whatever, or, or, however long, whatever yeah. interval he decided. Um, by the way, uh, I couldn't find any hard information. So if you can give me, if, if you, if the folks out there want to give us more hard information, feel free. The closest I could get is that uh, in All Good Things, they see the Picard Vineyards. And... Um, the scenic shots were captured at uh, this great producer in Temecula. And they have it. It's on a page of Star Trek locations to see before you die on oh, Los Angeles Magazine. Interesting. They just want you to go to Vasquez Rock. But I would love to see that house. If anybody can find that house, please let us know. I think it's easily findable. Well, apparently not. I did a little search. You're telling me it's not easily findable. No, it might be. There's no scan of the call sheet anywhere. Well, I, I could find it. Maybe. Do they have the call sheets out there? There's some floating around, yeah. You from home? No. Perhaps some of your real cake blood pie. Mmm, it's been a while. And I think I still remember how. <laughs> oh. Ah, Captain, welcome back. Thank you, Lieutenant. I like that. These are my worst father when he sees the captain is kind of Just comes to attention yeah. a little bit. Nice. Delighted. Sir? Quite a ship you have here, Captain. You had the full tour, I trust. Well, actually, there's still a few areas because of the repairs. Sergei, it's time to go. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> I have all the specs and diagrams at home. I would have liked more of a little smile from Patrick Stewart. Doesn't he do it now? Well, he does it there, but like to him. He's still out there. Mm-hmm. Dreaming about starships and adventures. Boy, I hope he makes it. You know what made this made me think? What? This last moment with the the little Picard? Yeah. We should put him in the uh, the new show. <gasps> they can't. Did something happen? Andy, come on. You've seen Star Trek Generations. Oh. I remember. <laughs> They're dead. They're all dead. Are they all dead? They all died in a fire because she refused to put a fucking electric light in there. I feel like this is a, this is a spoiler that we shouldn't put in here. No, it's not. It's the movies. I don't count the movies because you've you say. fucking seen them. Well, I've, fair enough, but I don't remember anything. I don't remember that part. All right. Well, it's pretty much the emotional hinge of the whole movie. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> been a while 
Yeah, it sure has. But on the bright side, yeah, that was family, everyone. Great job. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> um, this is going to be uh, the toughest thing of all. And uh, let's see. Oh, and also we got oh, uh, Anders Peters. There's a clear answer for this episode. Oh, interesting. Anders Peters um, very kindly uh, made us a new MVC song because now we are in season three. Okay. Four now. And uh, we're in season four. And so uh, the end of the song used to refer to season three. And here's the new one. It's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. And a lot of harmonizing. I know. Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher. If you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that that was the end. That's great. It's a great part. It's very appropriate for all of our complaining in this episode. Indeed. Um, uh, do you want to just go for it since you have such a strong opinion? Yeah, I think it's uh, ultimately Chief O'Brien. Because he gets everyone on board safely and uh-huh. beams them back down safely. There's uh-huh. no jeopardy in this episode. It's all emotional. What about all the stuff that Worf does? Guinan. Because she she help, she points them. Well, I guess it is a question: Are is there so little going on at the operational level that we're reducing it to the emotional level? Which I think is something we should do in the future, if not now. However, doesn't it isn't Riker patting him on the back at, at how efficient he is, Worf, at the beginning? So you're saying it's Worf then? Maybe Worf is the MVC for his efficient phaser test that he finished quickly and then had to be reprimanded about later. Wait, they need to go over those results. And he did not sound happy. Oh, right. When he gets called out of 10 forward. He's been distracted. The only one who's on the ship doing their job yeah. is Chief O'Brien. Um, a guy that's <gasps> wait a, a minute. bartender, too. Wait a minute. Troy's being very good. That's what I'm going to say. Oh. Troy is actually doing her job, and it's emotional. What? Andy? Late in the game, you've convinced me. Deanna Troy, congratulations on being I give it the to most Deanna Troy too. valuable crew member of family. She sets it up. Now, she doesn't solve it. That's no, Robert. But she, but she, she at she least interacts of, with two stories. She lays the plate down. Does she, does she deal Crusher. with Worf too? Oh, Crusher, right. Yeah. But she doesn't really help her, does she? No, but she talks to her. I mean, look, she's the only one interacting with the both of them. <laughs> she's the only one doing, doing much of her job in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, we could also do a split vote with O'Brien. No, it's just okay. give it to Troy. Okay. I feel like she's going to need the help later. Very, oh, yeah? When is it going to be a, it's gonna be a tough race? I mean, I feel like she's not going to... She doesn't have a ton of opportunities. You got it. <laughs> the Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. This is a tough one. I like this episode quite a bit. I like uh, the downbeats because uh, the whole episode is a downbeat, essentially. I like the I like the ship docked. I like a lot of procedure repairs, things like that happening. There's a lot I like about this episode. I like the emotional stories. Um, I find each one satisfying of the three that they try to do. And uh, because of that, I think it's executing what it wants. And if I'm flipping the channels and I see this, it's going to get at least two commercial breaks out of me. So I'm going to give this a seven. Oh, that is higher than I thought you were going to come in at. 
Um, I think it's definitely good drama. It had moments that got me. Uh, I really do like that they dig into Picard's, um, you know, vulnerability and, and emotional wounds in a way that totally makes sense, and we so rarely, if ever, see on oh, this yeah. kind of show. But I guess just dramatically for the whole thing, I feel like there's not much momentum, even if you're reducing it to just the dramatic level. Like I want it to move forward more efficiently scene by scene in terms of the drama i get it i like that they took the breath they had to exhale after best of both worlds part two they really did and i liked that the show built that opportunity in that does lean me because i agree with that that does lean me toward maybe giving it a little bit more for the the boldness of it but i tend to just fall on how much i liked that episode just emotionally in the absolutely end. what it should be for you and I would say five and a half alright look Andy you don't have to apologize for only giving it a five and a half well I'm sorry anyway. although I'm telling Ronald more when I see him on the side no don't tell him <laughs> tell, tell him how much I love the Klingon stuff alright ladies and gentlemen it's the trailer for Brothers there was no data in this episode probably because he was pretty busy with this one mm. next time on Star Trek The Next Generation Commander Data's out of control. He's got far enough data. Lives are in danger. We cannot even call for help. He's being controlled by a mysterious scientist. This is why I've brought you here, Data. And comes face to face with an evil brother. Deadly reunion on Star Trek The Next Generation. Brent Spiner and some prosthetics to some hard falls in that episode. Brent Spiner and Brent Spiner and Brent Spiner. Wow. <laughs> I wonder if it was because he was he was so heavy in this episode. I would imagine. Although, although I'm sure, you know who could probably lean us into that? Uh, is uh, oh, one, one side note about this episode that I read in Star Trek 365. Yeah. Well, two things, really. One thing is the episodes are out of order or are different order. So there must have been some error order change. Well, this is production-wise. This is this is Larry goes by the production order, right? Mm-hmm. So they did Best of Both Worlds, and they did Suddenly Human, then they did Brothers, then they did Family. Interesting. That's and how they, they produced. Them. And so they must have just decided we got to address this right away, which is reasonable. No, I think that I think it was probably. Oh, it was just a shooting issue. Yeah, and I think it was written to be the second episode. Oh. But they just did it production number. The other thing uh, was in Star Trek 365, which was a really interesting tidbit, is Gene Roddenberry, which kind of adds up to me, because it both has human conflict and uh, he- human frailty on the part of the elder Picard, did not like this episode, didn't want them to do it. Who didn't? Gene Roddenberry. Oh, Okay. Not not in favor of it, um, and Ronald Moore went in, and he came out, and and I think talked to uh, talked to uh, Michael Pillar, and uh, Michael Pillar just quietly said, "Just go ahead, go, keep moving forward. We'll figure it out. I'll go talk to him." Mm-hmm. So Michael Pillar, again and again, seeming like the MVC of the big turn in uh, in Next Generation. It's really interesting. It's a this is a fascinatingly long details out of Larry's book. 
Um, I'm just trying to see if there's any information about Worst foster father, a Starfleet veteran, O'Brien for a non-commissioned crew member, even though he's clearly wearing two solid pips of lieutenant. Just as Sergei's own son does, the Chief O'Brien title refers not to rank like Chief Petty Officer, but to his duty as Transporter Chief. What? You know, you're still doing a podcast, right, Matt? I guess, but I'm also reading to myself. Guys, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> We've done everything we need to do here except head back hey, Matt, the Matt, just because circle. I just received this text, a uh, good uh, friend of the podcast, uh, occasional antagonist, uh, Drew DeFonto Marks, just uh, sent me these. I don't understand. He's got an outlet that looks like an Elcar's panel. It looks like a navigational panel, like that you'd see at Wesley's thing. Yeah, not not impressed. What am I supposed to do with that? I'm just saying, look at it. I'm not telling you to do anything. You don't have to install them. What do I need to do? It's a, tell me how to fix it. It's a it's a thing with the. Are uh, you trying? What to, do you call this? Are you trying to make your house unfuckable? No, it's not mine. It's his. Well, I'm confused as to why he's sending. He's already to. he's already got a lovely girlfriend. He doesn't have to worry. <laughs> well, the, the joke being also that what no one wants to have sex with a house with a house. I don't understand what you're saying. Okay, I don't get the joke. It's not that anyone. Okay, so Andy I showed me, Andy showed me a text message of uh, that was a, a, a Delta on a, the worst episode we've ever done. I like it. Okay, yes. Anyway. He showed me a Delta light switch that had the right. uh, the and Star an Trek Delta light and an L cars uh, power outlet. I think it was just also a light switch. No, nope, it, it wasn't. It was a power outlet. No. It's weird that your brain no, you're right. like replaces things in your head. That's what very is, strange. Oh, right. What is happening? You tell me, Andy. Interesting. <laughs> Gosh, I think I you get this it. big phone oh, and you can't happening. like handle yourself. This isn't now. the new one. This is the old one. And interestingly, they're the same size. I got my TS Max yesterday. Sent it to sent it to Matt, expecting a big response. And he's like, "Cool story, bro." <laughs> Just a weird, ex-Mac genius weird. shooting me down. Look, mine, uh, these phones, they're they're quite phony. Anyway. <laughs> Andy, it's time. We have to, we have to go back have into the president circle. We've slowly gone insane. I wonder how close we are to the self-destruct on both of us. Well, <laughs> the self-destruct on this podcast inches closer and closer every week. But before that happens, guys, we have to go back in to the president's circle to say hello to those kind enough to support us on the Patreon. Andy's putting his hand out for the paper, but sadly I only have one copy of it, so we're going to have to huddle in together, guys, as we <laughs> enter back into the President's Circle. Here we go. We should have a jingle for this. For going back into the President's Circle? Yeah, like the return President's Circle jingle. Like I like the drummy one that we have for the beginning of the show, uh-huh. but maybe like a one that also expresses how much better these people are than everyone else. Hey, Guys, somebody write it up. Wait. God damn it. What's up, Andy? Yes. <laughs> he did it. It was like I was at the helm there. The and I did it. Act fast. I like the sustain at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is our shout out to you guys. This is part of your deal. This is the uh, next week. We'll have the last of the month, and then we do it all over again, guys. We're back in here 
and I, I, Andy, I got a question for you. Okay. Did, did, did these sound familiar? Did we do these last week? They do sound familiar. I don't know if that's But I don't know if it's month. we did it last... I don't know. How are you... Are you reprinting them out every... No, I keep the same sheet. But the, what about Purposefully the, so. What about the new people from each month? No, no, I keep the same sheet for the month. Oh, for the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. reasonable. Anyway, Tina Rowdio. Thank you. Sandra Mahler. Mike, oh, sorry. What are you saying, Cassandra? Couldn't be happier with you. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Gaylord, way to go with all of the uh, changes you've made to our, well, we'll call it a spread. Brent Allard, you're our all. <laughs> Rob LeBlanc, I went to the LeBlanc Middle School in Lowell, Massachusetts, so thanks, Rob. Zach, thank you. Uh, Ryan Darley's here. Ryan, I really appreciate some of what you do. Tom Kelsel, I appreciate everything you do. <laughs> Oh, James Baker, Jimmy Bakes. He's our baker. He brings out the desserts. Cameron Harris, the James Cameron of the Star Trek TNC podcast. What does that mean? He makes very successful movies? I guess so. All right. Frederick uh, Roy, who I read as Roy last week. I'm now remembering. I think we've done some of this. This is not on me this time. Wait, Jonathan Waints? Yep. Uh, Cosmo Moore. I'm sorry. I skipped James Gilly. Uh, Martin... Hittegard Peterson. Oh, there you go. Cosmo Moore, thank you so much, Cosmo, Neil, for coming back. Neil Studd, good to have you aboard. Uh, Carolyn Land, she's uh, also a supporter of the Excellent Adventure. Ben McClarty, thank you for being in the President Circle. Oh, uh, Chris Nideswides. I like it. It's a good name. Casimiro. Uh, Linnea Thunsel, also an excellent adventure supporter. Oh, got a lot of crossover. J.D. Cohen, appreciate uh, it. J.D., way to go. Chris Love. Also, an egghead. And Andrew Hook, thank you so much. You guys that are out there supporting this podcast, thank you so much. You're going to hopefully help the podcast become uh, more efficient and better because we're going to be paying some people to help us do that. And hopefully that person will track what names we've read. But if we missed you, not for the episode. No, we wouldn't have missed them. We would have just read these twice because the fourth episode of the month is this last sheet right here. Okay, but that's everybody for the month. Yeah. Okay, but then there you go. Yeah. Then you got an extra bonus read. <laughs> if bonus you did. shout out. If you did, if I did it wrong, otherwise, yeah. you know. There you go. Uh, thanks, everybody, for, for participating in the, in the show. And if you have any emails or comments or questions, then, quite frankly, send those our way. Uh, yeah. So I hope you like the new format that I might have done or not done. <laughs> I'm, I'm voting uh, leave it the same this week, but we'll uh, see what Matt decides. Well, look, I, they have a nice hour 40 minutes without the fucking hails, and if we throw the hails on, it's over two hours. It's insane. A lot of people like the length. I they, don't care. They can listen to two separate ones because there are a lot of people who also don't like the length. Matt's under a lot Who don't want to scrub I'm so, for some I'm reason. I apologize to everyone in the corridor. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. I didn't even mean for you all to see me like that. I don't even know why it's so quiet in here. Everyone just shut up while I was being angry. Whatever. We're leaving. <laughs> Disengage. Disengage.